a Yale lecturer, spoke about her desire to brutally murder a bunch of white people because we're at this point in the culture where where it's gradually escalated from, hey, we just want diversity in video games to a lecturer at Yale talking about dreaming of executing white people randomly in the street. And uh, that's quite insane. I can understand the argument about, you know, free speech and all that and platforming, but they're kind of taking it into an extreme direction. And there's a lot to talk about there because, hey, what about free speech, right? Well, we'll go through this. We got a lot of news. Bitcoin conference is happening and it's Friday night and we're chilling and uh, we got a bunch of cool people hanging out. But uh, I must I must point out to my to everybody listening. Last night, uh, we had a we had a technician come out. Turns out our Internet was struck by lightning. Dead serious. Oh. And so it fried some of the ground wiring. We're in the middle of nowhere, so we have long ground wires that run from our property out into where the street is and then connecting up. And uh, at some point, it got struck by lightning, and it fried the cable going up our property. So they laid a cable, like, on top of the ground. Quite literally, a squirrel could walk up to it and nibble, and we get cut off. But, uh, hey, maybe we'll have internet for this show. Otherwise, uh, welcome to rural living. But uh, we're hanging out with some some great people. We have the one and only G Prime eighty five George Alexopoulos. That's right. Do you and I only pull have... that pull that microphone, brother? What's going on, everybody? Thank you for so, inviting me. Yes, absolutely. You have a a picture behind you of Joe Biden eating OK Boomer Girl. Oh my goodness! <laughs> whoever drew that must be a conspiracy theorist. Some something is wrong with whoever what, drew that. What kind of freak? You know, I bet that person only has one joke. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. Like, like talentless, waste of talent. Say something obnoxious, then empty panel, empty panel, and, and then, then shocked, shocked face. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of jerk? I certainly uh, wouldn't you, invite you, him. Did you, do you read a lot of Junji Ito? I love Junji Ito. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of obvious. He's, uh, you know, he's, he was training to be a dentist, I think, at one point. Wow. And he decided to draw horror manga. So whatever he saw in the dental school <laughs> inspired him. Well, now yeah. you, uh, Joe Biden is a monster looking out of the walls and eating OK Boomer Girl, which is interesting because OK Boomer Girl's back in the news because she bought a two million. I don't know if she bought it, but she has a two million dollar apartment yes. and she's getting slammed because for some reason, these young socialists are always very proud to be successful capitalists. But, you know, whatever. Well, really, that's the power of, uh, you know, looking good. And that's why I'm also buying a million dollar house. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, too, uh, on my Patreon, you know, people are paying me to take off my shirt because <laughs> everyone wants to see that. The only, yeah. only fans live on this show. I'm nope. going to at I, least. No, <laughs> no. OK. I wonder if there was like a, a, and the Internet gets cut off. Yeah. I wonder if there was a point where, you know, like Bernie Sanders is looking at his speech and it says like millionaires and the billionaires. And then his his like his assistant or aide or whatever goes, oh, Mr. Sanders, you are now a millionaire. He goes, oh, OK. And he just scr- scratches out millionaire. <laughs> just the list. billionaires. Just the billionaires. Not the millionaires. The millionaires. <laughs> Don't worry. I millionaires are fine person people. perspective. Some of them, I assume, are good people. There's nothing, not all the billionaires. Very fine people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the million, uh, so, uh, well, you probably noticed that Seamus is here as well. <laughs> I'm also here. We have two cartoonists on tonight. This is unbelievable. Why would you do it this? It may cause audience? a singularity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Maybe some problems. Tonight. I don't know what's going to happen by the end. Yeah. We need a crossover where it's like a Freedom Tunes thing, where it's like, it's very, it's very hokey kind of, co- like, violence. You know what I mean? What? 
Yeah, no, no. I mean, yeah. like, like, they, like they, they punch and it's cartoon. It's very, yeah, it's cartoony. Sure. We need to throw in some like, you know, G Prime Junji Ito style vibes of like Joe Biden eating a child or something. Oh no, my god! You know, someday, maybe ten years from now, I want to have drawn at least one other thing that people remember me by. That'd be very nice. <laughs> well, it's, it's just that we have two of your comics, yeah, yeah, and yeah. behind Seamus is Joe Biden eating a child. Yes. And behind sense. you, George, is Joe Biden eating OK Boomer Girl. Yeah, that's a trend. Old. That's true. There's huh. a trend. So, yeah. What do you really believe? What kind of sick mind? <laughs> really. That's what, this is an intervention, isn't it? You yeah. guys mm-hmm. brought yeah. me here to Thanks for maybe. coming. These cartoons yeah. really are an act of violence. They really are. That's true. I, I got to know, George. Uh, Tuesday, I was talking about it. I, I was just desperate to see a Fauci image. Oh, and yes, then yes. up on Twitter the next day. Yeah. <laughs> had you been working on that? Or did you whip it up that night? No, no. Uh, every morning, this is my process. I, it's amazing. And, and everyone cares. So I, <laughs> I wake up real early. I take a shower. I breakfast, you know, I'm looking through my Twitter and I see what's in the news and I, you know, Fauci was trending, whatever. So it's for a long time. I've, I had this one image of him. What was he? There was a, there was a Biden like holding a needle or something. And he was in the background looking kind of creepy. Oh yeah. Fauci. And then I said, you know, let's feature him as the, as you know, let's caricature him in that six flags kind of way. And then I start like exaggerating, just doodling for fun. So by 8 o'clock in the morning, I finished my breakfast. I'm like, oh, this is an actual thing that I have to finish drawing now. Yes. <laughs> and it's this horrifying, again, by accident. I wasn't intending. These are my warm-ups most of the time. And then it finished. I upload it, whatever. New Wilker. Oh. Yeah, Wilker. Ian was furious. He was screaming. He was like, I want a picture of Fauci. And he's like punching holes. <laughs> it's really like, Ian, no, stop, please. No. And George does as Ian commands. That's, how, and that's just mm-hmm. how it works in the artistic yeah. community. Yeah, Ian wants something, not to bang you make the table, it. Yeah. Yeah. Ian called George and... Get me the photograph. I want pictures of Dr. Fauci. <laughs> then he got it. That checks out, yeah. I get yeah. what I want. I love uh, to serve. Yeah, we got uh, Lydia's pushing buttons. <laughs> I am. I'm pushing buttons in the corner. And it's going to be a great show. I'm loving all the artistic energy. Yeah. yeah. We have artists here and to talk about something cartoonishly ridiculous, which is a woman giving a lecture at Yale, a psychiatrist of well, all people. Yes, yes. Before we get into the news, though, you, you guys, you got to go to TimCast.com. Of course. And become a member to get access to exclusive members-only segment. Last night, we did a full bonus episode where me and Seamus were screaming at each other. He, he punched me in the I face. Punched right intense, in the face. You know? and then, right But in he head. didn't realize I had nunchucks under the table, so I oh, sprung yeah. back up. It was a brutal and intense debate. <laughs> I got her. He like, caught his wrist in the, the chains. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but then Ian had a whip. It was no, actually, Ian, yeah. Ian, Ian channeled plasma and fired a plasma ball at me. And I just right. flew out. There's a window behind me. You can't take it. It's covered up. And I just flew 40 feet in the air. Did, how, yeah. did you, how did you forget? How did you confuse that for having a whip? Right. Well, because he had both. Struck by lightning, they oh, said. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. a little out of it after I got hit in the forehead with the nunchucks, you know? But what my really, hair is able to cover up, cover up the scar. What really happened, and it looks like the internet might be working right now, is our, our wow. internet literally got struck by lightning. Yeah. So, like, we had a guy come out, and he was like, this is a problem. And I was like, what happened? He's like... The cable underground is fried. And I was, I was like, oh, uh, he's like, I think it got struck by lightning. Whoa. And I was wow. like, whoa, it's fried. It I wonder if it was poorly insulated. Do you have any, any thoughts about that? I don't know. Maybe I or just, you just can't stop it. The lightning. I don't know. You can't stop the lightning. <laughs> stop the lightning. <laughs> that seems likely. How about we talk about this crazy lady in the current state? Well, of I a, think that's a little unfair. What? I wouldn't call her crazy. Really? Oh, okay. <laughs> here's, here's the story. So we pulled this up from the Federalist. Here's what I love. The Federalist is called fake news by NewsGuard. But this story is like 100% legit. Over at Barry Weiss's Substack, Katie Herzog wrote about this, interviewed this person. And when the Federalist writes it up, they get called fake news. But it's like, it's 100% verifiable. Lecturer at official Yale event fantasizes about brutally murdering white people, claims all white people are rotten. I don't know if I can read what she said on YouTube. I don't think you, but, well, let me just put it this way. 
It's not something somebody should be able to get away with saying on a college campus, considering the environment we're in politically, and also the fact that there have been mass shootings in educational settings repeatedly. It's kind so, of a horrible theme. Uh, how much can we divulge about what she well, said I'll, I'll, I'll paraphrase. Okay. She said she wanted to take a weapon and unload it on any random white person she saw. She fantasizes about this. Yes. And I'm like, that is not well. And then she goes on to say that... She's, I think she said something like white people uh, like lie about food. She said we're deranged. Yeah, she, she, <laughs> she said, said. She said. Uh, she, she said. She said after making this quote, which I will not repeat because I might botch it and get us demonetized, that white people are deranged. Uh, and her talk was on the psychopathic problem of the white mind. So I don't know what they expected her to say. Is that actually the yeah, name of her lecture? The psychopathic problem of the white mind. I don't know what they thought she was going to talk about or what she was going to say. But, yes, it did involve using a weapon <laughs> yeah, using wait, a weapon against the head, putting placing it to the head of a person. And um, I'm not sure how much yeah, more I can say without yeah. getting in trouble here, Tim. In an official lecture called The Psychopathic Problem of the White Mind, given by Aruna Kilinan, Kilinani. Yeah. Wow. What a name. At the Yale School of Medicine's Department of Child Study Center, Kilinani graphically described her fantasy about killing and burying white people. I'm not going to read the quote. Normal college Ooh. stuff. Yeah, you know. Sounds like slam poetry. Yeah, exactly. Actually, she yeah. was just delivering a little slam poem. <laughs> Dude, talk about murdering the English language. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fair enough. Well played. So, here, here's, here, so obviously this lady's psychotic, and this is really – this is we're getting into seriously dangerous territory. Yeah. What's fascinating is that there are a lot of people, I think like Scott Adams – was talking about how all of the white privilege stuff was bubbling into – maybe it wasn't Scott Adams, but correct me if I'm wrong. Talk about how, like, this rhetoric will lead to genocide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All sense. these cartoonists making great points. Yeah, that was Scott, right? Yeah, that was Scott. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, um, I wouldn't say he's 100% right just yet. I'm not mm-hmm. saying he's wrong. I'm saying where we're at so far is it's escalated from white people are inherently racist to a lady saying she fantasizes about just randomly killing white people. And I'm like, yo, we're getting dangerously close. But we've already heard a lot of this. So I, many people probably know I was down on the ground in in, in uh, Wisconsin, and they were at, it was at it was at like a Black Lives Matter protest, and they were screaming, "Get the white people! Shoot the white people!" Wow. We've heard a lot of that yeah. stuff at a lot of these events. So maybe we've already been at this point, but now it's institutionalized. Now you have Yale lecturer being straight up being like, this is what I want to fantasize about. This is what I do. And this is what's insane. So she was previously a professor. She taught at Cornell, Columbia, and New York University, which is fantastic to have a professor going out there saying things like they want to kill people of a specific race. But also, she's a psychiatrist, which to me seems strange. I don't know that this is a person who I would want to go to for psychological help. She likes... I can't even make some of these jokes. <laughs> I know. It's, just, it's, it's like, it's, dude, it's, it's so over the top. It's right there. She said white people sound demented. And it's just crazy to me that she was able to get through this speech. You can't, all right, first of all, the thought of even going on a college campus and talking about intentionally harming people, being violent against them with a deadly weapon, I would imagine is enough to get you thrown off, even if it's not racially based. You're not, you know, talking about a specific group of people. It seems to me it's like saying bomb on an airplane or something. I, I can't believe right. you're... There's, there's a difference between telling people to do something and to say you fantasize about doing it, but I mean there's also kind well, of not on. really a difference. Come on. I know, And I know that this is like the cliche thing that every conservative says. Imagine if the situations were reversed, but seriously. Just imagine any professor going out there and picking out a racial minority and saying that they wanted to do this to them. You'd get it would instantly be on the front of, of, yeah, Also, it would be on the front page of everything, and it would be used in, as an excuse to censor every other conservative. So, so you're gonna, you're gonna love this. This is the, this is the the caliber of people now lecturing at these universities. So, in the interview, Katie says, uh, 
could you give me an example of what of how this is picked up in all aspects of culture? How do you see the after effects of colonialism manifesting itself in the white mind today? This woman, this crazy lady says, it's going to be hard for me to give you one sentence soundbite on this, but I would say a high level of guilt. I've never seen anything like this before other than in white people not eating bread. An incredible level of shame, feeling really exposed all the time. A lot of perfectionist tendencies. And so some somehow like it's it seems like Katie's trying to have like an honest conversation. But this lady's like bread. They don't eat bread. And then she goes on to say, uh, let me let me find like white. So it does seem like you generalize a lot. This is Katie about white people, but also people of color. Why do you do that? And this woman says, why do you feel uh, what do you feel is a generalization? Katie asks, like white people having a high level of guilt or not eating bread. That's true for some. That's true for some people for sure. But I eat bread. And then she says, you don't think you're generalizing. The lady goes on and and somehow it, it comes back to this. Sure. This is Katie. There are a lot of white people who don't eat bread, although I am not one of them. I exclusively eat bread. I don't think Katie exclusively eats that. bread. <laughs> However, she goes on. Also, I'm skepti- skeptical of some claims of gluten intolerance, but my assumption has always been that they're just buying into pseudoscientific BS and following health needs. You think it's white guilt? The lady goes, on an emotional level, absolutely. Like, if I raise an eyebrow at a white person around bread, the first response is like, it's real. What does that mean? They mean it's not psychological. Right, it's a medical issue, not a mental one, says Katie. The lady goes... I don't deny that people may get symptoms, but how is it that all these people suddenly now, after all the violence has occurred, are not eating bread? It's like the weirdest effing thing. Katie says, but what does bread have to do with violence? What's the connection there? I think the bread is about guilt and needing to keep them in a state of deprivation and stay guilty. Okay. That's the famous bread section of this lady's interview. That's brilliant. Now, could you imagine paying that person? to go to a college and teach your children. You may notice white people not eating bread. Why? Because they're racist. Guess what I want to do to them. This is what we have to do to white people for not eating bread, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is the only solution. You heard about that socialists want bread lines. Guess what? Something much worse. We don't want anyone having any bread. Bro, Dude, Yale did release like- the footage, obviously, for good reason. And she claims it's because they're trying to suppress her. It's like, first Could you imagine, all- like, she's in a Starbucks <laughs> and the lady's like... The message needs to be censored. I know, like, the, yeah. the, the, well, the message needs to be it's put out. It's too real. The part of me wonders if, like, Yale is just kind of trying to help her by downplaying this because they know the more it gets out there, the worse this person's life is going to be. I'm not sure what Yale's motivations are. Maybe they're helping her with their silence, as Dave Chappelle would say hmm. or did say. This is the kind of thing where it's like, this like, th- like this lady will be in a subway or something, and someone will be like, um, "Do you have anything without bread?" And then she looks at it and goes. <laughs> <laughs> like you remember uh, body snatchers when Donald Sutherland like, like you're not eating bread it proves it I thought I thought Ibram X Kendi's thing was crazy when he was like denying racism is proof of racism I was like well that's nuts now yeah. we've got I'm sorry this is crazier if you don't eat bread you're racist I just realized Do I have that to eat bread so I'm black wait a second okay what? so I coming over here driving right I had in my car cold cuts pastrami turkey listen in a in a ziploc bag and i'm reaching into the ziploc bag with my bare hands and eating the cold cuts no bread i'm black but no but that's yes. actually cultural that appropriation because you I'm are racist yeah she said if you don't wait, no eat i've bread. only been black for a little while no no, no, no. She if, she if you don't, don't eat bread you're you, racist yeah. wait she's not saying white people eat bread want, she's saying white people don't so it's racist to not eat bread am i correct here i'm trying to figure out the rules right now i don't want this lady to come to my house remember remember when milk was racist 
Yes. Yes, it was for quite That's a while. So weird. And I now drink, you only get lactate. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because Asian people don't drink milk, I guess. Black people don't either. No. Really? Oh. Yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, it is. Actually, it is. Yeah, in other countries, people tend to lose their tolerance for milk as they mature. Oh, I've heard White this, people actually. don't for whatever reason. There are definitely genetic differences. You know, like um, sickle cell Uh-oh. anemia seems right. to have strike the African-American community harder than other you know, genetic races or whatever. What you, what you, that's not. That's not true. None of that's true. Yeah, sickle cell anemia no, was like no. notably found in in like African culture. No, racist Af- social construct, Ian. Oh well, that's true. Yeah, I, I have nowhere to so, go so from not, here. So now, I mean, yeah, but my point was, you do the door's right there. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you certain, have somewhere to maybe go. Maybe certain people are more leave. sensitive to gluten tolerance. I don't know. Is there something to that? I've never heard that before. Is there I some guess, racist I people or anything? It's really nice. Yeah, that's a good alternative to ice cream. You know, you know they, they do now. They, they make tell, that's that's racist. They make yeah. bread out of mushroom. <laughs> yeah, she's talking about gluten, right? Not bread. Like you I could have, have no idea. I, I don't I'm know. So she's lost. Insane, I have no bro. idea what she's talking about. I have no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> I'm so confused you, about this woman. Other than she's ridiculously violent. Did you get your white privilege check in the mail this week, though? I did not. I, I didn't. <gasps> oh wow. Who's the king of white? Is, is it Trump? Does Trump send out the checks? Yes. I got an I got an email from Trump and he was like, Tim, no, you're not white. I'm sorry. Oh. You're part Asian. You don't get a check. Get Sheamus, check. you get two. Sheamus gets two check. check. How, much, <laughs> how do we pay for our mil- two million dollar apartment? Yeah. Without the white I know. Check? <laughs> right. Oh my god. I'm is, gonna eat only bread. I can't is, afford anything else. Is okay, okay boomer girl white? I have no idea. Because I think like they just they, they just now will say they are or they aren't, even if they, they are. If she's Latinx though. Latinx? Latinx. 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 Like Kleenex, yeah. Yeah, like Kleenex. I is hear that it, how it's pronounced, Latinx, Latinx, or is it Latinx? Yeah, I don't know. Like Latinx. Latinx? Yeah. Okay. Like Latino, Latina, That's Latinx. That's great. And, and how, many, how many Latino people actually uh, <laughs> Latinx. Three, three Latinx? 3% Latinx. I think it is. Yeah, exactly. 3% college there women. We go. There we go. Yes, college women. It's a white college women mostly, too, are probably putting Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything has to be cleansed, including language. Yep. They love it when mm-hmm. you... Uh, cleanse their language. Yeah, when you, yes, exactly. See, yes, people I, from other cultures love when white people come around and tell them that their culture is actually true. insensitive. I have my Latinx friends that I have to go over to their house and just like, hey, I heard you talking yeah. in I your don't, fake language that's not real but, anymore. But, well, hold on, hold on. Like, where, where is, where is the person <laughs> to just kind of roll with this to like go to one of these meetings or hang out with some woke people and just absolutely play into it. Oh, that was so, what art school was for me too. You gotta, so oh, when yeah. they when they say like Latinx, you go, oh, 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 honey, honey, no, 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 we don't we don't say Latinx anymore because it's <laughs> no. not inclusive of you know uh, you know I don't know, name name X <laughs> group and be like, so now we say Latini. <laughs> yeah, and then what are they going to say to you? They're going like to be like, drink. I don't, I don't, I'm not, oh yeah, 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 no, 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 we 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 you don't want to be racist, do you? Yeah, exactly. Like, how come no one does that? Just goes in there and just maybe actually maybe that's what's happening. Maybe all this. And that's like, why it's getting so ridiculous. It's actually people who don't even believe the stuff trying to screw with them. Oh, the whole maybe. A prank. Yeah. That well, come sense. on, man. Have you seen like there there were activists in Canada complaining about Chick Fil A, and I was do I was covering the story and I was reading an article. It was like the activists literally wrote the LGBTQIA2. Uh, uh, no, no, no. It was like it was like LGBTQIATROBFN2 mm-hmm. plus Q. Absolutely. I'm 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 trying to remember the best. I'm I'm getting wrong, but it was like. 15 or 16 letters. Yes. And so when I'm reading it, I'm like, the activists wrote this message saying, we stand in solidarity with the LGBTQIAP2 plus TROBNYX3 community. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I, I literally have no idea what that means. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm literally like, I, I don't know the message you're trying to convey to me about Chick-fil-A. <laughs> there's too many letters there. to learn the code. Right. And then there's another one. There, there's another code. 
That's like trans indigenous. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, trans indigenous people of color and like other. Gr- uh, it's like it's like Tipakani or something like that. Like at some point, you lose the entire purpose of having a group. And the point of an acronym is you're supposed to keep it short, right? It's supposed to be something that like everyone can just say Easy to, to remember. To a group of people. Easy like, to remember. Like, and also, it's supposed to refer to like a limited group of people. So you start tacking on all these letters, and it defeats the entire purpose. Like the Fired Act. That one was Fauci incompetence requires early dismissal. Yes. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah. Fire the guy. Yeah. Yeah, but that, that's why I'm, I'm confused because I wonder why it is people don't speak up and just say outright, like, this is, like, not communicable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it is you're conveying. Oh, they're scared. All of them are scared. That, that's the thing, too. I wonder how many of them actually believe this because I met a number of people. Again, I, I was sort of joking earlier about art school, but I met a number of people who behind closed doors – wouldn't say all this far left stuff. In fact, they would agree with me that um, the left has gone off the deep end. A lot of the other students were really uh, too far to the left and made them feel uncomfortable to voice their own opinions. But And then I guess I ended up wondering, is that really true or do you just kind of say whatever the group is saying? And so now that you're around me, you're saying something you think I might agree with. It's hard to know. But I imagine there's a large number of these people who do think it's way over the top, who do think it's a little silly. Maybe they believe in the cause, but they think all these extra letters are ridiculous. But they're just not going to say it because they're terrified. Well, you know, you know what will happen if these people do? It's not even necessarily about getting canceled. It's about just a, neg- a, a net detriment to their lives. Yeah, exactly. You they, don't want to get put down as the racist. You don't want to have to be lectured at and educated by your friends. It's not even that. Or homophobes. It's, sorry. I won't, I, I, I won't get a speaking position or mm. I'll get a worse grade or uh, you know, people will start, start t- saying mean things about me on Facebook. It's yeah. just like I don't want to deal with the stress. This woman lecturing at Yale will point a weapon at me. Do you think she uh, graded white students fairly? Yeah, no. Yeah. No, definitely not. Which she's like F. <laughs> she, uh, like she, she has F. a name, and it's Ew. like like Patrice, you know, McDonald, and she's like F. And then it, the woman walks in, and she's actually not white, and she's like, <gasps> and she turns into an A. <laughs> she like just draws a line; it's an A now. She's like, I'm so sorry. It reminds me of that that South Park episode where Michael Jackson moves to South Park, ignorant, and the cops are like a wealthy black man moved in, so they like raid the house, and then the cops are like, wait a minute. He's not black. He's white. And they're like, my God, what have we done? <laughs> they like regret it. Yeah. This oh is the this, this is the nature of yeah. uh, the culture wars these days. Wait, was that yeah. the same episode when they had uh, the crosses? No. no. Yeah. The, no. The, no, 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 no. No. That no. was different. Time to leave. That was when it's called. That, that one was called. There comes here comes the neighborhood or whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was about all the wealthy like celebrity black families moving in. Man, old South Park. Yeah. Yeah. The new that South was, Park's like not even the good stuff, man. We had the best childhood as far as like cartoons go. I wasn't allowed to watch that stuff, man. I don't know whose childhood you're talking about. Nineties <laughs> babies. What were the, what were the raciest a, cartoons you saw? Well, as a kid, I mean, like I wasn't really. I think I mentioned this before. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, but I started watching it as I got a little bit older. I think once I was like ten or eleven, my parents didn't care about it as much. But Must we also been, didn't have cable, so I couldn't watch a lot of that. The stuff The early anyway. seasons of Simpsons part. were the best. And oh yeah, started absolutely. To trail off. No, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I've I've watched basically every episode until like maybe season twenty five or All something. Right. It's horrible now. I'm sure you know that. No, yeah. we had like Adult Swim back in the day. Like I, I remember. I went out stay at my cousin's house. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, MTV cartoons from like like oh. Daria is one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Yeah. For instance, so dry, so I've heard good things. Sarcastic. It's <laughs> it's actually uh, no, not Mike Judge. All right, so Beavis and Butthead was Mike Judge. Yeah, yeah it's a it spinoff, was, right? Because she was right, a character. it was a spinoff, right? But it just it's very smart comedy. Mm-hmm. I like the. Nowadays, like, I don't actually love the Seth MacFarlane stuff so much anymore. Mm-mm. It's more like gaggish. Yeah, 100%. As opposed to, I don't know, 
cultural commentary. And well, and that's the thing. Like, gags are great to take you through something really short, but when it's like 22 minutes long and I'm supposed to be roped into a story, I kind of stop caring about it when I, my attention is brought in every different direction for some short, cheap joke. So I hear well, you Well, especially that. with the McFarland stuff, I think they have a thing where every 10 seconds or something we have to do mm-hmm. a joke, even if it's a flashback. Well, yeah. that reminds me of the time I... Yeah, know, exactly. It doesn't really advance the story guys, at all. Uh, ADD you, comedy or something. You guys, you, you got to understand this, this lecture at Yale... You know, she's fighting very serious mainstream oppression. That's true. Yeah, I know. You know, just recently we, we have this yeah. viral video, this viral meme that's been going around for some time. That's true. Uh, Skittles. I don't know if you guys mm. know that Skittles. Oh, boy. This is a tough absolutely, one. Absolutely. Uh, it's a neo-Nazi organ- Racist. company. Racist. Racist company. Wait, taste yeah, we, the rainbow? We, we, we have, uh, oh, yeah, we have this not photo. Anymore. We're yeah. not tasting we, the we, rainbow. We, we have this oh, no. photo, oh. and it's a, it's a bag of Skittles. It's all white, and it says Skittles White Pride. It's literally. It's white. Skittles White Pride. The Skittles are white. Gray, they're literally white. They're white, and it Skittles, says, bro. and it says on the, on the uh, not 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 a Skittles bag, but on the label at the Spar store, it's a Skittles White, white? Pride. It says that. Yes, it does yeah. They want to do something unique for Pride Month. Oh my so, gosh. So, but but think think about yeah. this. Like, okay, Skittles. joking aside, joking aside, Skittles thought it was appropriate to remove all of the colored ones to replace mm. all of the Skittles with just white ones. I'm like. That is the stupidest marketing campaign I have ever heard of. Here's the thing. It is really dumb. But then again, we are talking about them. Every single company does this Pride Month stuff. And I guess Skittles is like, we're going to shake it up. And what did they say? <laughs> this is <laughs> the shake, shake it, it up. up. Like, this is the only rainbow that matters. Or they said something, only one rainbow matters yep. this month. So, and I'm thinking so, the so, promise God made to not flood the earth again, because that's what the rainbow is for. But then it got stolen, and now it's just a, a cheap marketing gimmick that every company uses in June. A lot of dude, fun. Can we just – Skittles? Like, they made a bag of white Skittles. <laughs> they removed the colored Skittles. I, I don't know what they were thinking this was supposed to be. It, they should have just been like, you know – like this is the rainbow, whatever. June is the perfect know. month for what if, Skittles. What if the, taste the, the rainbow? Come exactly. on, guys! Exactly, they could be like, "Look, we were supporting Pride all along since yes. the brand started existing. We've always been about the rainbow. They, That's what we were trying to tell you." But guys. Wait, wait, here's here's here's, here's what's funny, right? So you see how, how all these brands change their Twitter accounts? Yeah. So they put like you know, <laughs> know rainbow logos. But then in Saudi Arabia, yes. they don't. Yeah. <laughs> Skittles decided to go the complete other direction because, like, it's one thing to change your logo. It's one thing to do nothing. Mm-hmm. It's another thing to be like <clears throat> Skittles White Pride. <laughs> I, I see where they were, what they meant. Because, you know, when yeah. you look at white, you have white light and white pigment. White pigment is just white pigment with no other color. White light is all the color together. So in a rainbow, you mix all the colors together, you get white light, which isn't really white. It's just clear. There is no, you know, you can't see color. I don't think they were thinking that. No. Well, obviously not. I think they were just They they didn't have a scientist on board. It was just probably some 23-year-old kid who was like sitting there like, why don't we take the rainbow out and then make all of the Skittles white? That's a really good idea. That's inclusive. His co-workers are like, that's really smart, man. Dude, you were thinking. You got the future here. You ever hear the story of how Hot Cheetos, Flaming Hot Cheetos got made? No. I think it was like a, you know the story? I was going to say Hillary Clinton got to him. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, no. It was, it's, it was, it's it was, in my back. Hot so, sauce. So, so it's a crazy story. Apparently, it was like a janitor, right? And the, the, the CEO or something oh. put out a company-wide message saying, we respect all of our employees. You know, to, to that, that being said, if anybody has any ideas, we're always listening. And so this one dude who worked there, he would always take the dry Cheetos with no cheese on them. And they were extras. He'd bring them home, and he would put chili powder on them and shake them up. And it was a, yeah, a lot yeah. like uh, uh, like some kind of Mexican snack, not necessarily elotes, but something like that. And so then when Pete, when his family started trying it, they were like, "You should you should tell them." 
And so then apparently he like made a video or something and sent it in. And everybody at the company was like, what are you doing? Don't send this. They don't, the CEO isn't serious. And then when they got the message and they saw this and they realized that people really liked the snack, yeah. they were like, why don't, let's, let's try making yeah. it. Let's make it. And it's, it's like the number one or it became the number one like chip snack that was sold in stores. So this guy got promoted, became this high level six figure dude. They really meant it. It's one of the coolest stories ever. Yeah, that is great, great actually. This one's got to be the story. opposite. <laughs> like some kids like, I got a really good idea for, for diversity and pride. Get rid of all of the colored Skittles. You know, Here's the question, though. I mean, we're making fun of them for it, but has this been negatively received? <laughs> or mean, are, are they doing well? I tweeted I wonder... an image that says Skittles white pride. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't oh, no. think Skittles is having a good day of this. <laughs> Maybe. You never know, dude. People could buy into it. They could be like, this is a great Skittles. That was very brave Skittles. Dude, I wish I was a, multi- yeah, 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 I wish yeah. I was a multi-million dollar corporation so I could like fight oppression with like junk I'm, mail about BLM and pride. I'm, I'm sure cool. I'm sure you're right that there are many identitarians who are cheering this just like the left cheers for all their little corporate logos. I'm sure mm-hmm. there are a certain sect of a certain racial identitarian group that's very happy that Skittles made a white pride bag. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, this is a problem Dude, I have. All their logos are white by the way. I just looked at their Twitter. I'm oh, did sorry. they change wow. it to gray? Did they change them to gray as part of the backlash? Oh, bro, this is the worst thing ever. They also their number their top tweet right now, our most recent tweet, second one, most recent is, "Hey Samsung <laughs> girl, they get us fellow kids, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, did you guys they see do. this the Samsung that's girl good. that everyone was like That's going to end really no well. Reason. Oh, they yeah. made them gray. They changed it. Yeah, they made the Skittles gray. gray. That was fast. <laughs> yeah. We were ready. Well, I think calling them colored Skittles was uh, probably the mistake in the first place. I would say so, and yeah. Th- These last few years have not been easy on our economy. And with tax season finally arriving, there will be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them and pocketing profits for themselves. America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-431-5684 and you'll be in touch with America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS's predatory tactics and put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-431-5684. That's 800-431-5684. Or visit AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. Again, 800-431-5684 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Tucker. I have an inappropriate joke. Can I say it? No. How No, there's like a scale. Is a family friendly? Yeah. No. You know what? It's it's my reputation on the line. What do you call colored Skittles? Oh, no. 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 Delicious. Don't do this. Delicious. Don't do this. Don't do yes. This. Ian was correct. Oh. Uh, this is a problem <laughs> I have with calling people. Oh, wait. Do you want to do you want to answer <laughs> no. that joke? I think it's too no, risky. No, no, no. Let's save the punchline. Let's save the punchline for the after show. Oh, wait. Is there going to be? I don't think there's going to be an after show. Oh, there's no after show on Fridays. Oh, yeah. Get it easy. Let me let me derail this one real quick. I didn't even say the joke. All right. Derail it quick, Ian. Um. This is a problem I have with, with calling people black and white is that firstly, we're, we're not. And then when people try and market like white candy, all of a sudden it's considered racist, which is insane. Because there are no white no, people in the stupidest there. thing. I it's think stu- it's stupid. Yeah. Agreed. Thank I think you it guys. was, I don't think it was just that it was just white candy, but like white, if people were upset about this, I think like the combination of white and pride together might have. Oh, yeah. Right. We, we had people were upset. <laughs> Wait, is, isn't this supposed to have to do with sex somehow? Sexuality? 
Skittles? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the rainbow taste. Talk it, about yeah. tasting the rainbow. Oh, but, uh, yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, Every joke I have is rated R. Come on, George. You, so yes. uh, Ian, Ian is wearing the. Are you wearing the oh, OG right. gorilla shirt? This is the OG. I am a gorilla. Let me stand up and get this on. So, oh, so yeah. we when we first made this shirt, many many of you may not be familiar. Uh, the, the shirt was misprinted where, for some reason, Teespring made the face of the gorilla uh, darkened black, but only the inside of the face, <laughs> so it looked like it was paint. And the hands were white, which makes no sense because it's just a gorilla. And it was like, what a weird thing to do to paint the face of the gorilla black and give him white hands. It's Terrible. strange. And so it created this huge controversy. And then, you know, Teespring fixed it and apologized. But I was, I was, like, I was, I was, you know, pissed off. A lot of people were messaging me saying, like, why is there a blackface gorilla shirt? Like, yeah. what do you, what is this? And I'll be like, dude, clearly we don't sell that. That is not, it's just meant to be a meme about the show. It's, it's an inside joke about Alex Jones. And then I started getting lefties. Once, once, once I called it out saying, like, this is not our mistake, the lefties were like, having a gorilla t-shirt was racist enough. Oh. What? No joke. That's and I was extremely like, racist. I to know. Say. I know. <laughs> That's a ridiculously racist thing yeah. to say. Apes together oh strong. God. Never forget. I was like, dude, it's it's like Magilla Gorilla isn't a race thing. It's a cartoon. It's mm-hmm. like having a shirt that's I'm a gorilla was a was a reference to Ishmael. Is no reference to race. If you see that and think race, man, you got problems. You have but, serious but, but hold problems. On. The, these people say they're racist. Like Robin D'Angelo, she writes. She wrote a book about it. She says she's racist. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. They're not That's lying. The thing. That's true. She walked into a party and saw the group of black people and said, you know what? I'm scared of those That's people. That's a true yeah. story, though. She said that. True. She literally she wrote that. that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And she's like a foremost expert and lecturer on critical race theory. She wrote in her book that when she goes to parties with black people, she's uncomfortable around them. And what? I'm like, dude, lady. What a like, weird thing to say. Regular, original sin, man. Yeah. yeah. People, people like, like most people don't feel that yeah. way. That's so weird. I don't know, man. Is it is it is this is this something I'm missing? Like, I grew up in Chicago, so I don't have like, I don't think of the world that way. And she's from the suburbs or something. Or I what? don't yeah. know what. It, I, but even though you like, I mostly grew up in the suburbs, and I don't feel that way. I think it's just a weird putting race on a pedestal, a pedestal type thing where you're gonna evaluate people on that basis for better or for worse. I mean, it's. The way the left has said that we should analyze people, and she's on the left, so that's how she's going to look at everybody. She's going to put them in those categories, and if she feels uncomfortable, maybe it just becomes why well, must be uncomfortable because of that person's race, because I've internalized racism, or maybe she actually just like straight up is racist. I don't. I'll know. I'll tell you this: I I, I went yeah. to. Uh, oh well, yes, she I was, obviously is, of course, but you get what I mean. I was in Thailand during Chinese New Year in I think 2014, and I was standing in this market where there were like thousands of people all in the streets doing their thing. I could see a. I could see clean all the way, like, like everybody was shorter than me. Mm-hmm. So I was standing, you know, with, with my friends and I, I could, I had clear field of view all okay. the way down the market. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing, you know, when these people say that like race is a social construct and then you go to Thailand and you're like, then I go to Scandinavia and I'm in a crowd and I can't see anything at all because everyone's seven feet tall. <laughs> no, I, it's true though. You it's, just it's, thought they were because like you internalized if, racism. But I, I wonder if a big component of this of like Robin D'Angelo's fear is that she's never been. <clears throat> You yeah, know what I mean? Like she, she's never actually interacted with these people, and so if if these people who think race doesn't exist ever actually traveled to another country, they might be like, "Hey, like people here tend to be a little shorter, people here tend to be a little taller." And hey, guess what? In America, it, it, race is not a you have no reason to be uncomfortable. It's like the mm-hmm. weirdest the weirdest thing to be be uncomfortable about, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. what about that? Does she not feel comfortable with? You know what I mean? Reminds me of male feminists. 
who want to hang out around other women, like, listen, I'm a pig. When I'm around you, the thoughts <laughs> yeah, that are in my yeah. head, let me just tell you for a half He's like, hour. You know what? what I just thinking. like, I was tempted to say you shouldn't vote when I first I just, walked into the room. You know, you <laughs> like, know how inappropriate like, it would be if I said this, this, yeah, and this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I the, just aren't men such pigs. The guys in the well, party. No, it really is the equivalent. Yeah. The guy, one of these male feminists is in a party and he's looking at the women and he goes, I, I just think we should repeal the 19. 19- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't me. help it. Yeah. I, I was at a party and I saw women and I thought they should. It was wrong of me, but it's what I thought. I just wanted to end women's suffrage. <laughs> Why haven't they suffraged enough? They definitely have. Some would say so. <laughs> Man, that's... I think you're right about uh, DeAngelis not being familiar. It, rather than be like, it's because of the race, I'm uncomfortable. It's If, if you don't... If it's unfamiliar to you, yeah, it might see, you might be uncomfortable with something new. Whether it's the height, the skin tone, the way that... The posture of the body is. I don't think I don't that's know. what she was saying, though. Yeah, but that's it's weird. I, I think maybe she's just like never met a black person before she wrote these books. That I can understand. If you grow up in a cloistered environment around one color and, and size of human, and then you go to an environment where a bunch of all humans are a different shape what? and size. And color. Why size? She bro, like I wasn't in, in the Shire, bro. Probably, yeah. <laughs> well, she, yeah, she is like, a hobbit. Came out of her little bro, hobbit dude, hole. I, I, I didn't feel, I don't feel uncomfortable going to Thailand, like noticing that you know people were shorter than me. Like I don't, I also it's, it's meaningless. She might have been beat up as a kid, not even as racially. Just she might have been abused as a child, so she has fear uh, in general in her life, unresolved fear or something. I think it's just that she's racist, but you have closed communities that have negative views. And then you have elitist racist views. So, like, she probably grew up in this hoity-toity, like, white community with her mom being like, oh, you know, talk down to people, condescend, you're so much better. And it's like the, the whole ideology of these people is that they are better. Like, no joke. It, it is a form of white supremacy. Not in the same sense they try to convey, right? So their version of white supremacy makes little, little sense. They're like prejudice plus power. Yes. But when you think about the core of their ideology that they think that white people hold special privileged positions and have more power and more control, and they literally tell minorities they can't succeed, I'm like, bro, I think you're a white supremacist. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think for some of them what it is, it's, it's sort of the phenomena you see with the, the kid who didn't do that poorly on a test, but they complain about how poorly they did. Like, they want you to think that they think their grade is bad. So someone will get, like, an A- and go, oh, I did so bad on this. And then you ask how they did, and they got an A-. minus. So they're saying they did something bad, but it's really for the purpose of signaling how great they are. That's kind of what I think. It's, it's not, nice oh, I was <laughs> racist, but I'm aware of it. You're talking about Asians, right? What? <laughs> maybe, maybe. How they get yep. a- A's instead of A pluses, and then... I'm sorry. It's funny to me. It's very funny to me. I had a friend who was Chinese, valedictorian, amazing grades, perfect, right? Cried about getting an A- minus on one of her finals. I'm like, are you kidding me? I would kill to have a C on anything. That's the end of my joke, but it's not a joke. <laughs> That's totally true. Yeah. Asians are Work smarter. Harder. I don't I, – I think I – think, <laughs> I, 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 hold on, hold on. But, but think about this. You have you, you grew up in a household where you feel shame for not getting a perfect score. You know? Oh yeah, the I mean the strictness in reality, the, the strictness of these parents are well, like yeah, and if, if you're if you're happy with getting a C like George and I, you become a cartoonist. Have you, ever, hold on, hold on. have you ever played those like mobile games where you gotta like it'll it's like a puzzle game. There's one where there's one game I play sometimes. It's like you, you press the start button and water comes out, but you have to like draw a, a ramp to like get the water to go Dude, into the I bucket. I see those ads constantly. Okay, now hold on, uh, hold on. 
So like it's it's I've heard it's called, but like a water faucet, you'll draw a picture. Like you, you can draw lines, and the water fo- follows the line. You try to get to like ramp up into the bucket, and you have to get three stars. When I get two stars, I redo the level. Mm. I'm like, you didn't beat the level unless you get all three mm. stars. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. That's not how I work. You just get one star. Ian's like, like, I'm I'll going. I'll do it all of them first, and then I'll go back and like <laughs> and do it try and get three stars on the ones that I didn't. Bro, you well, should have girl- seen me beat Sonic the Hedgehog earlier. I didn't care how many rings I got. I was like, to the end of the level. Yeah, see, I have to get literally every ring in the game. Otherwise, I start the whole thing over. <laughs> no, not, not, not that much. You unplug the arcade machine? <laughs> but it's like if you don't – if if like I've got one game where you have like a little guy and he does a backflip. And you, you tap the screen and he jumps and you tap it again and he tucks and then you let, mm. let go and then he mm. lands the backflip. Yeah. And I'm like, I gotta get in the ring perfect max score every time. And if I don't, I just keep restarting until I do it. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like if I don't get a perfect score, I didn't beat the level. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not gonna cry about it. Do you think that's a nature or nurture thing? I've always. Man. This is interesting. Um, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. But I definitely grew up in a household where. When I like before I even started kindergarten, my mom was teaching me math and reading. Yeah, that's good. So I started kindergarten. I knew multiplication and division and long division, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like all the other kids were like two plus two is four, and I was like <laughs> twenty seven <laughs> times four hundred ninety three. Like I could do the math, you know. Yeah, yeah. So they, maybe it's a cultural thing. Did your parents expect like greatness out of you and and punish or not punish you, but like be like it wasn't good enough if you didn't get the perfect score, or no. were they just kind of like the hands level, off at the video game? They made him replay video game levels if he didn't beat it completely. No, but there was this game we used to play in first grade called Around the World. Oh, I love that game. Yeah, you, you know what it is like. Yeah. So you stand up at your desk, and then you stand behind the person with your hands on their shoulder, and then the teacher would do a flashcard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother would never lose, so yeah. the teacher would eventually ask us to stop playing. Oh man, because <laughs> it's like first grade. Awesome. You show the card, and be like, boom, I know the answer: seven, mm-hmm. fourteen, three. Isn't so that like, ridiculous? What an example of how public schools busted. The smart kids no, can't this was, play. This was Catholic school. Or, was, even, ooh, even, Catholic even Catholic school. schools busted. The, yeah, the, the kids that are so good can't can't but participate because they, they ruin it for everyone else. What are they supposed to do? I don't know. Like, I had the same thing get, in they're, typing they're, class. They're like, Tim, we get it. You know your math. Have a nice day. Like, you won. Here's your prize. Now, go go play with your prize. Mm, like, know. the other kids got to learn math, too. So what is it? Is it it's, it's interesting, right? So uh, I'm literally Asian, and I'm good at math. I've had this theory for a long time because I grew up. That you said that, Tim. <laughs> I'm allowed to say it. Well, I grew up around a lot of Asian kids, uh, just in the area that I lived in. So I would go to their houses and see how their parents interacted with them a lot. And I had this theory of like, from certain countries when they were immigrant parents, they understood how hard it was to climb the social ladder. Let's say a lot of immigrants start with very little. Let's say, so their parents know like you have to study ultra hard. I'm going to push my kids super duper hard because we're not going to, we're going to like leapfrog up. You're not just going to be a normal person. I'm going to like train my kid to be like, for instance, I grew up, I won't say the towns, but uh, I used to tutor kids after school and stuff with art and whatnot. A lot of Asian parents would not let their kids come home after school. You have piano practice, art practice, whatever, all kinds of different practices. They would push their kids. You weren't even allowed to come home. You had to go to the library after school. Like, I just I noticed the way that they raised their kids a lot, and the kids resented at first. Yeah, I, I, but then they kick so much mm-hmm. butt as they get older. Mm-hmm. I do remember, you know, when I was a kid, like my mom like drew a picture. It said, "If at first you don't succeed, try, try again," and like those message that messaging. I also remember being like thirteen and trying to learn how to kickflip, mm-hmm. and by choice, I stood outside my house for like eight hours every day. Kickflip, heel flip, like skateboard tricks, right? So heel flip is when you pop the board and then with your heel, you kick it and it flips. One day I could just do it. It was like it came naturally to me. Everybody mm-hmm. kind of has the tricks they're just natural at. Mm-hmm. But kickflip, like one of the most basic tricks everybody can do, I struggled with. 
And no one made me do it. There was no prize. There was no, no parent sitting there saying, you have to land it. It was just like one day I went outside with my board for eight hours just trying. And I was frustrated. I was angry. I could never get it. it. made no sense to me. And then I remember the first day I finally landed it. And I landed it crooked. And I was like, yeah, I did it. No one told me to do it. There was no – I wasn't forced to do it. I got no prize for it other than my own. So I, I wonder – you know, I think, I think everything's a little bit of nature and nurture. Yeah. And for me especially, there was I – don't, I don't think there was something in my life that I, I can't recall other than maybe just being around – hardworking parents that maybe I don't realize how much that really yeah. rebuff on me. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot about me, obviously, where I'm just like, I have to do it. It has to be perfect. Yeah, it's similar with me and drawing and stuff. And I'm sure, Seamus, you can agree. There's a certain satisfaction to setting a goal for yourself. Oh, yeah. And then realizing, wait, I did that. But nobody taught me how to do it. Mm-hmm. There's just some miracle of uh, this feeling of hard work equals results and if I keep doing this one thing over and over like I'm a huge fan of the 10,000 hour rule let's say yeah. mm-hmm. if anyone asks me how do I get good at drawing it's like well have you drawn 10,000 hours mm-hmm. get started or yeah. continue down the road um, but that lesson I don't think it's necessarily racial in the sense of like it can be passed from parents to kids or something like that You, I don't think so maybe some people are born with it some aren't but I don't like that um, there's a cultural excuse of where I'm born in a position where uh, let's say some people are more ahead of me than I am. I don't like the excuse of, uh, well, I'm just not going to try because I was given a bad hand at birth. Or mm-hmm. uh, that's, I, that's that's the narrative of the left, man. Yeah. But it, it's, it's such not a, your fault. Don't try. But it's such mm-hmm. a lie. It's such a you're you're playing yourself if you think that you are not in control of your future. If you keep trying to do something, just one thing, pick one thing you love. Yeah. Just keep doing it, and eventually, like, I didn't make my br- my big break or whatever in cartooning until two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'd been drawing, I made my debut or whatever back in 2006. Exactly. I couldn't get a job in comics until two years ago. It takes a lot, a, a lot of people don't know this, but before Seamus started Freedom Tunes, it was Commie Tunes. It was Commie Tunes. I, mean, it was I was actually a far left activist, <laughs> and then I was like, all right, That's I'm going to try to be a little bit more moderate, so I made Biden Tunes. <laughs> and I've said this before. Which I was is, a huge which is good. Fan. Which is yeah, better. Which is good. But then at one point, I was like, you know what? I've got an idea. Let's try Freedom Tunes. And I, I'm here today. But no, I mean, I agree the with you. It's paid off. You finally the It's funny because, no, it takes a really long time to become successful in anything. And, and for me, it wasn't just drawing. I mean, I, I'm pretty mediocre at just like the raw art of like drawing something photorealistic. I'm, I'm much more into cartooning. I used to be a lot better at drawing in college when I was doing it consistently. But the point is, for me, the payoff was trying to see how quickly I could get something done that looked decent. And that skill set obviously turned out to pay out for me because we're uh, – because we're uploading stuff all the time and that's a huge strategy for our growth but yeah. yeah i hear that in on the other hand there's very much a nurture component to it how much were you pushed as a kid to not give up how many virtues were you instilled with but there is a nature part of it which is how interested are you in the thing Passion. to begin with exactly yeah. i think parents can can give kids drive I think Absolutely. If, if parents just make their kids stick to something, it helps. Mm-hmm. And, and Whatever but, gets your butt in that seat for 10,000 hours, honestly. That, but, what, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I was told that I could do it, which is why I believed I could. Otherwise, I never would have tried. Okay. My parents never – like they never pushed me to do art. Or Actually, like it's a funny thing. I was told Wait, to do your everything. your parents never pushed you to do art? Nobody pushed me. No, I'm, no. I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. I, mean, I think oh, no, most no. people's parents are like, please don't do art. Do it's anything besides art. <laughs> My whole life, it's been that story. No, for yeah. real. Like, I was, I tried to go to art school. They're like, why don't you go to, like, real school? <laughs> exactly. Like, can you get a real degree and then just do art on the side? But there was just something in me that said, 
I have to do this, and this this is the only thing I can do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not good at anything else. There, this I, is one of the I think one of the biggest problems with modern society, especially for young people, is the obsession with college. Mm-hmm. So after Occupy Wall Street, and I'm featured in I get I get I get all this press. I'm featured in magazines. I still had family being like, "Will you go to college now?" Yeah. And I was like, I, <laughs> "Why? I, I'm, no, 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 no! I'm going to college right now. I'm How on my old way." Were you? 25. Okay. I was like, "I'm going to college right now. I'm on my way to give a, a guest lecture to the PhD course on huh? journalism." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What do you What do you think I would learn when I'm the one being brought in to like teach these people things they don't know?" Dude, Stephen Colbert got an honorary degree. After he was just Stephen Colbert, the goofball on TV, mm-hmm. they were like, we love him so much. We're going to give him a college degree for that. I know art school dropouts who they dropped out of art school and then later they got a degree, honorary degree, something like that. And they ended up teaching at that school. Yeah, yeah, art school is a, a weird thing. You should really only go to it for the skills you're going to pick up. The degree probably isn't going to That and networking. Yeah. yeah, networking is the the biggest advantage to it. I want, I, I, we, we kind of veered off in this direction. Sure. I wanted to stop Sorry. before and, and move into the ramifications of – Having a world worldview built upon you can't succeed because the world is the problem. So one of the one of the key things is like core elements of the culture war. One side says you can do better Mm -hmm. and, you know, find your path towards victory. The other side says there is no path because the world is bad and the world must change for you. Yeah. Which brings me to this story from the Daily Mail. Quote. It's like living in Palestine. Minneapolis is renamed Murderapolis oh, as children under poli- of under police city pay the price in blood for violence that has skyrocketed since the, the death of George Floyd. So uh, they go on to mention 211 people have suffered gunshot wounds up from mm-hmm. 81 last year. More than 200 cops have left or are leaving, signing off or on disability. More than 300 people uh, gathered at the site of Ania's fatal shooting for a peace walk, a call from the community to put down the guns and pick up the love. What's happening now is I've, I've experienced Occupy Wall Street. I've experienced it with these activists. When you keep telling people over and over again, there's literally nothing you can do to succeed. What happens? People they don't give succeed, up. believe it or yeah, not. Yeah, they don't succeed. But some people decide, okay, then, then I'll take. Mm-hmm. Then you get crime. You get violence. Then they demand the system change. And, you know, we, we see a lot of these stories about police brutality and, and police shootings. There's a story right now. So in Minneapolis the other night, they were rioting. Why? Because a f- an armed fugitive who was arrested like 20 times and had multiple felonies, U.S. Marshals tried to stop him. They said he drew a gun. They shot and killed him. Of course, then they start rioting. And one guy is caught on camera and they ask him what he's here for. And he says, believe it or not, I forgot the guy's name. He's like, I'm not going to lie. I don't remember the guy's name. They clearly have no idea what they're talking about. The o- they- so, so in a sense, it's kind of sad. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing other than it's the only thing they were told they could do to affect change. These are people who were never told when they were younger, you got to keep trying until you figure it out. If, if, you're, if you're trying to find a path towards victory and it's not working, try a new path. These are people who were told there isn't one. You will never succeed. And so what do they do? They, they just go out and smash. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's a huge cause of crime, right? People believing that there's nothing they can do to improve their material circumstances within the system. They have to break the rules in order to get ahead. And so if your view of the world is that the only way you're ever going to make something of yourself or achieve any level of status is by hurting other people, guess what? You're going to hurt other people. You're going to take their stuff. Or just destroy things and burn it down because yeah. if you're I can't example. have it, no one have. Yeah. No one can have it. Well, yep. you're just in hurt. You're hurting the insurance companies. You're not. Yeah, exactly. I'm so glad. Ins- I'm so glad insurance was invented so we could just burn down anything for any yeah. reason and no one gets hurt. There's no victim. I, I, Dude, I w- people. Well, I, I just want to mention this about insurance. There are people who have literally gone into debt just cleaning up the debris from their place of work or the business they own being destroyed in a riot. 
and the insurance check didn't even cover that. So they, they went into debt without even getting to reopen their business. Right, oh, right, insurance right. will pay for it. But let's it. not forget, you ever go to a pizza restaurant and you see a picture of like the, the owner and he's, he's with like Tony Danza and he's giving <laughs> a thumbs up? That photo's never coming back. You can't get insurance for that photograph, but mm-hmm. let's, let's, let's be a little less silly. Less silly. The first dollar, everyone frames their mm-hmm. first yes. dollar they put up on the wall. Yeah. The first dollar that comes in, never getting that back. Mm-hmm. Let's say the guy had a painting from his mom on the wall, never <laughs> getting that back. Let's say his mom died, and the last thing she gave him after she died was this beautiful painting, and he says, I want to, I want to see this painting every day in my shop. And they threw a brick through his window and they burned it down. Mm-hmm. Insurance will never pay for that. Exactly. Well, and also, profit margins are very thin. So even if you're lucky enough to have your insurance company pay for it, your rates are going to increase. And it's possible your rates will increase so much that you're not going to be able to afford to operate in that area anymore. So fewer people are going to open shop in that area. The only people we'll be able to afford to will be massive businesses. So you're just hurting the little guy in the end. Yeah. This is, this is what happens when, you know, people are told throughout their whole life, there is nothing. And, mm-hmm. and that's, the, that's the danger of this white privilege ide- ideology, these leftists, and they talk about white privilege. Like uh, we, we talked about this last week or whatever when Chris Rufo was challenged by that guy Mark Lamont Hill because you know, he was saying they're trying to say whiteness is all bad. And then Mark Lamont Hill is like – I think that was, it was Mark Lamont Hill, I think his name. And he's like, tell me one good thing you like about being white. And Chris Rufo was like, I reject that framework mm-hmm. like as if they're race is the, is the component. Mm-hmm. And he's right. That, that dude who was interviewing him views the world through – you, by nature of being white, have something. This is, this is critical race theory, that whiteness is property. Picture this. You're driving on the open road, taking in the beautiful views this country offers. Then out of nowhere, you hear a noise and your car breaks down. While still frustrating, you feel protected because you have a plan through CarShield. CarShield has helped millions of drivers from having to pay back-breaking car repair costs. All you have to do is call before a breakdown. Plans can pay for expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. All for CarShield's low monthly rate that never goes up as long as you cover your car. With a plan through CarShield, you get protection on over 5,000 major parts and systems with just a visit to carshield.com slash carlson. I'm talking big money items like your transmission, engine, electronics, and so much more. CarShield is here to keep you moving forward and make car breakdowns and the repairs that follow just a tiny bump in the road. Go to carshield.com slash carlson. Protect yourself from the unprecedented rise in costs for parts and repairs. Visit now to save 20%. carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. That's, that's literally what they think. They think that you're walking around with like plus two charisma mm-hmm. because you, you, you started as a white person. Racial passives. Yeah, that. exactly. Like yeah. as if you have like a little book, you open it up and it's like white. It means you get plus one all stats and plus one money. It's like it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. You, you, have, you have to be a good person. And it's the weirdest thing that, it, that, that, that they attribute it to white people because imagine it this way. Let's say a baby is born in the, in the middle of the woods and the mom dies and then wolves come and, and take the baby and the baby's raised by wolves. Is that baby going to have privilege? No, it's All not. Right. It's, it's going to be living with wolves and eating refuse. Look, it, it has, it, that's the kind of argument that somebody who doesn't care about history or is intentionally not. All right, so I'm Greek, right? Mm-hmm. My great-grandparents were having to deal with the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. We don't it, – it's not a modern thing that a lot of people talk about, but they were basically on the run, refugees. Some of my extended family back then might have even been like slaves. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then they were on the run for many years, and eventually they made their way to America, whatever. That had nothing to do with race. It was just a terrible thing that happened to a certain region of the world that – there were bad people doing things to people who were just trying to live their lives kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. But 
I use the example of this. Like, I'm first-generation American. I was born here. I had opportunities that my parents didn't have, that my grandparents definitely didn't have. Like, my grandma was picking tobacco as a girl. Mm-hmm. You know, she told me about, like, she, her hands were brown because, she, like, she was picking up all this tobacco. Like, a girl. She didn't have a childhood. Mm-hmm. My grandpa, same thing. Didn't finish middle school. I got to finish high school. It's It's just a straight – like, I'm yeah. so – it drives me nuts to think, like, I didn't realize this until I was a, an adult, but just to have been born here is such a lucky thing for yep. me compared to the rest of my family. Just one generation ago, my dad, I, I don't want to talk too much about him out of respect, but, like, he was born in, like, terrible conditions. And just the fact that he made it to America at all is such a freak accident. Mm-hmm. And then for me to have been born here is even more of a freak accident. But then for me to go around and I can't blame – all right, let's say my career didn't work out until recently, whatever. I can't blame anybody but myself for that. I didn't work hard enough. I didn't have the right opportunities, whatever. Maybe I had bad luck. But I it, I was born in America and that's already – not to disrespect anyone who wasn't, but like just to be born here but in this time. In this time. That's what I was going to yeah, say. It makes also, you yeah. so lucky. Because you realize if if this if we were doing this show – if we were trying to do this show maybe like seven years ago, Seamus would be surrounding me with a bunch of his with, – with, with all his buddies pouring milkshakes on my head and like laughing. What? No, it would be the out. opposite. Dude, the Irish would be getting That's made right. fun of and insulted. <laughs> We'd be being right. mocked. No, I mean it, it's true that like, the Irish are extremely lower cra- class. And I know that my grandfather on my mom's side was basically pulled out of school in fourth grade. So that was the highest education he ever got. And he just had to work for the rest of his childhood. In America? That's insane. Yeah, in America. Okay. In America. So things – and also I won't get too into the, the details of my family history, but a lot of really – horrible horrible circumstances that just befell my um, pretty recent ancestors even in this nation this is an incredible time to be alive and also when i look at where my ancestors were just one or two generations ago and where i am now it's really incredible that people could work their way up any kind of hierarchy that quickly over time because in many other countries you just have a, a kind of caste system and people look at the united states and they say well there is a hierarchy and so that must mean you have kind of a caste system the richer at the top poor at the bottom but what people don't recognize is that there there is so much there is so much moving in and out of income brackets in the United States that is entirely unprecedented historically and also in the world today there's more economic mobility in the United States than any other country in the world but you you will never be told that you're only told about income inequality you're not told about the fact that people move through their income bracket extremely fluidly in the United States and that just isn't the case to the same extent in other developed countries and even our low income brackets like the fact that mm-hmm. we have like air conditioning in our houses that yeah. you could pay for an air conditioner mm-hmm. or whatever that you can go and buy groceries Groceries. Half the world can't buy groceries half mm-hmm. the time. The fact that you can buy a crappy car, let's even say, like mm-hmm. that just kind of runs, like puts you already ahead of so many people. Yeah, we, we have we have fat homeless people. I yeah. mean, like we got what drives uh, the problem. The well, yes, but in homelessness, also often, and I, and I know a number of people who are, are homeless, and it, it's horrible. But oftentimes, homelessness is a product of mental illness or alcoholism. It, it's not as if we don't have enough resources for everybody. And you, you you also have that uh, video. Uh, um, I, I tweeted this video out from a Twitter account on the Venice Boardwalk. It's three guys just laughing about how they love being homeless. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I worked at a homeless shelter, and one of the biggest problems is people don't. I, we we get this so often from the left when they're like, "We could end the homelessness if we just stop spending money here." I'm like, "Bro, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can't." It's it's like children, and I mean this it, it, with respect. You know, children just lack knowledge. They, they, they're, they're young. They haven't experienced things. They also lack wisdom. And it's not absolute. There are a lot of really smart and wise young people for sure. But they look at homeless people and they're like, we could just pay to end this. And I'm like, go down to Venice 
and ask the beach bums, and they're going to be like, I'm not going anywhere. They're like, I like living out here. Mm-hmm. Dude, I, I got to admit, like, Venice is rad. They got public showers that are beautiful, and tons of people just sleep on the beach. You can't convince them to stop doing it because it's, the, it's, the, it's their passion. They love it. And it's true for other places, too. They're, they're, they're rail, uh, rail jumpers. The, what, are they, what are they calling these people? They ride the rails. They ride cargo trains throughout the United States. And they have, you know, it's like, it's like that trope of the, the, the hobo with the stick. Yeah, and he's got fun. the handkerchief wrapped in the back, and it's full of stuff. Cool. Not like that specifically. But I knew a ton of people when I lived in Seattle. They were, they were rail jumpers. They would wait for a cargo tr- freight train, and they would jump on the back and ride it for free across the U.S. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the train would stop, and the engineers would get out and start beating the crap out of them and chase them off. Mm-hmm. Typically, they would just ride for free across the U.S. Mm-hmm. They don't want to, to not be homeless. So the solutions to these problems are not particularly easy, and people have to realize a lot of it comes down to personal responsibility and personal choice. Well, I also want to say this. I want to be really careful here, too, because there are a lot of homeless people, and I know homeless people who don't want to be homeless. They wish they had a house. And I see this in the city I live in. I also see this in the Chicago area. Tim, I'm sure you saw this. When you were working at a homeless shelter, was it in the Chicago area? No, no, it was in Okay. So, obviously, there different parts of the world have different problems with homelessness. But in Chicago, where it's freezing out, I mean, a lot of those people, they really wish they had a home, and they don't. But that's not necessarily a product of the fact that – there weren't enough resources for everyone. I mean, we have multiple empty homes for every homeless person. It's also that a lot of these people are really seriously mentally ill right. or have a very serious addiction problem. And just putting them in a house is not a solution to that problem. They have to be monitored. People need to be taking care of them or they need to be in, in a mental health facility somewhere. So there's what? more that we have to be doing for these people. But it's often made out to be this this problem we could solve by just throwing enough money at the right people or just placing them in these empty houses that what? are already there. And it's totally naive. Once again, like I say, children, you know, people who have never owned a home yeah. or been responsible for a home. So, uh, look, two days ago, the, 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 the fire alarm went off. And so everybody has to get up. Fire department comes. We leave, we leave the house. So uh, lightning struck the other day and our internet broke. <laughs> so something happened. We don't, uh, this was, this was, uh, you know, after the outage, but something happened that may have fried some electrical circuit. We don't know. There was a storm before this. And so when the smoke alarm went off, we were worried there may have been something internally, some wiring that tripped it. We couldn't, I, I swept the house, couldn't find anything. And we're like, what are we supposed to do? So we call them. They come, did a sweep. Turns out we're good. Hopefully we're good. Maybe it wasn't lightning that struck it. Maybe there was an electrical fire on one of these cables or something that we didn't realize. And that's what made the alarm go off. Maybe it wasn't lightning. I don't know. But I, I recognize that having to maintain this house and having to be responsible for people's safety. Now, imagine you took a homeless person and just put them in this building and said, it's an empty house. There you go. Mm-hmm. The alarm goes off. Let's say this person's not mentally capable of taking care of the mm-hmm. house. And then the house burns down. Mm-hmm. And they're in it. No one calls the, the 911. No one's there for them. You can't just put a person in a house. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. But let's talk about, uh, let's talk about, you know, I guess the left and hypocrisy because we got this, uh, this story here. Uh oh. It's from the other day, actually, but it's been picking up. Okay, boomer TikTok influencer oh, called hypocrite one. after showing off $2 million flat. Everybody knows, uh, Nico Lull. She is an influencer. And if you're not, if you don't know who she is, just take a look at uh, uh, George over here. He's got a a, a picture that he drew. What, and, kind uh, of, what kind of freak would draw that? <laughs> yeah, especially that top left. Something's one. wrong with that artist. Yeah, who Biden. hurt him? Biden emerging from the wall like some kind of gigantic Junji Ito demon. So what's happening <laughs> in this in this piece of art, George? Well, she uh, she regrets being a part of the party that ended up devouring her i mean she was obviously supporting one guy and then oh no it's the other guy and you fed him turns out you fed him the whole time there are like other faces in his body 
Oh, yes. You see, uh, there's the sequel, <laughs> my book, Oh No, It's Uncle Joe, which is not oh, no, it's <laughs> not based Joe. on anyone real. You no, see, no. where the story is that, uh, you know, there's... Okay, okay, so... Anyway, this is uh, she's she's a very popular influencer. She did, she she did this dance. You probably saw it where she's saying, "Okay, boomer," gets fifty million views. Now she's rich. The thing is, everybody's dragging her because she's got a Bernie shirt on. She's wearing a tax the rich shirt, and then she makes a video where she's like, "My two million dollar apartment." The first thing I'll just say is, when did you expect that? Why would you believe that any of these people actually knew or understood economics or politics? Right? Like all of these young DSA types. My assumption immediately is that. They're children. You know, that, that's why they have that saying. It's like, um, if you're not uh, conservative when you're older, you have no head. If you're not liberal when you're younger, you have no heart or whatever. Yep. Yep. Well, I think it's obvious. Everybody's liberal until they look at their first paycheck. And then they realize where the taxes are going. I'll, I'll tell you a story, <laughs> I wasn't man. liberal before then. <laughs> Dude, I, I worked for, uh, when, I, when I worked for American Airlines, I remember I was like, I was always waiting for the young, like, younger guys who got hired mm-hmm. to look at their paycheck and then just be like, nah. I remember the first time I got a paycheck. I, I had jobs before this. Mm-hmm. I worked at some fast food restaurants. I worked at Portillo's. People, you guys, you guys know Portillo's. Dude, in Chicago? Portillo's yeah. is the best. Yes, it's totally lit. And I worked there. And then I got a job at the airline. And I worked, you know, eighty hours in two weeks. And I was like, I had a general idea of taxes and what I was going to get. And I needed desperately the money. And I look at my check and I'm like, Nah, this ain't right. And I was like, hey, There's something wrong with my check. And they're like, No, look, there it is. It's like all the breakdowns there. And I was like, Why am I being taxed so much? Yep. Like that blew my mind. I'm like, bro, I'm poor. I can't afford that. It's insane. And they, they talk about raising the minimum minimum wage while they're taxing people who make minimum wage. It's like, how about you just take less of their money? Oh, that's yeah. a great idea. Yeah. I mean, they get it back at the end of the year for the most part if they're poor. But anyway, what ends up happening is you get you get a lot of people who go to college. They never had a job. Yeah. So while they're in college, they hear Bernie, socialism, communism, and all this other stuff. They've never had a job. Mm-hmm. Then when they get out, what happens? Some of them become famous. Start making hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars. And now they're just like, okay, boomer, you know, yep. buy a $2 million flat or whatever. I don't know if she actually bought it, but they just, they never actually understood any of the politics they were espousing. Because I tell you this, any one of these people, if they had to provide for a family, they'd be like, abolish taxes. Yes. Taxation is theft. 100%. The moment they look, they're like, I just worked all year and what do I have to show for it? Well, 40% of your income. I think the total taxes with sales tax and everything, it's like 48% or something like that of your income goes to the government mm-hmm. or higher and, probably. And with sales tax, it also depends on how you look at it. So if you're self-employed or you run your own business, you have to pay more into Social Security. You pay in what your employer would normally pay in. What people don't realize is like their employer, when they do pay into that, they're taking that out of that person's check. So you're paying more into taxes than you actually think you are. So so this is uh, this OK Boomer thing, right? At first, I was actually going to do a segment where I was like, guys, I really don't care that she's rich. You can be you can be a lefty and still believe in like class and wealth. If you're like I guess. a sock dem, yeah, maybe. Right, right, right. And so I'm like, there's, there's nuance here. Maybe she's going to learn. But then I saw this video where she's like, she made a video called How Much Money Do I Make? And she said, I think when people are talking about the wealthy, they're talking like about billionaires. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> That's okay, hilarious. Bernie. I'm not. So uh, here's the thing. I made this joke years ago. I did a cartoon about the um, 99.99% complaining about the 0.01%. Oh, 0.01%. Or 0.01%. Um, and the whole bit was that 
in the United States, where the vast majority of people have a standard of life significantly higher than basically everyone else in the world. So if you make more than $30,000 a year, you're in the top 1% of the world economy. Mm-hmm. And people in the U.S. are constantly complaining. Or I shouldn't say all people in the U.S., but many are constantly complaining about income inequality. And it's literally like, to some extent, millionaires complaining about billionaires. Not always. I understand when you get into things like health care, there are actually a lot of legitimate problems that need to be solved there. But I think it's funny that now we literally do have millionaires complaining about billionaires. <laughs> like, it's, it's a joke I made years ago, and it's an actual thing which is happening. I now. would, you know, you should, you should make a video of, with Bernie being like, I am a humble millionaire, upset with the billionaires. Look how much. I have to work, but, but to get, if you write a best-selling book, you can be a millionaire. No, no, but too. it's got to be like he's leading a rally of millionaires. <laughs> it's a bunch of millionaires with pitchforks angry at the thing, billionaires. Like I did, I I made a cartoon like that years ago, <laughs> and it was it was these rich guys complaining about how other people are more rich than them. It we, is unfair. And now it's that real. I have to write an entire book to buy my fourth you, house. There <laughs> might be something to it because the founding fathers of the United States were basically millionaires of their time mm, up against the billionaire well. of their time, the king, who was unfairly. You know, fiscally robbing them, taxing them. And so these big companies with these bailouts and are basically that. That's like the modern day monarchy. And it's, maybe, it's, maybe it's, we need a class of millionaires to rise up and fix things. It's, there, there is a massive disparity between the wealthiest and the poorest in the world that's like we've never seen before. Mm, so what happens fair. is in the U.S. you end up with these like, what, what do we call them yesterday? Silver spoon socialists? Where, that's what someone super chat is. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's a silver spoon socialist where they're like supporting Bernie Sanders and democratic socialism while they're millionaires complaining about billionaires. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, dude, I think it's all bad. I get it. People are allowed to be rich. I got no problem with people being rich. I'm saying my problem is with the ultra wealthy manipulating elections and using undue influence and everything. It's a challenge. I don't know how you solve it because it's not just about having money. Like the fact that we, that I have this show, that we're on this show is more valuable than money. People pay so that they can get a message out across through the show or something. So I don't know how you actually deal with problems like that, but I can tell you this. Someone who's got $50 million has massive power and someone with a billion dollars has, has a lot more, but they can still have <laughs> massive influence over, over elections. Yeah. You don't need money to be super popular and influential. You just need a little bit. Just put, hold it up. No. Are you sure no, that's don't acceptable? Do it. Don't do it. Why not? Don't do it. Don't, okay, fine. I, I got to do it. It's gross. Don't do it. Can I do don't, it? Don't do no, it. Seamus George, said not to. George is explaining. Seamus so. is mad. Yeah. I drew a butt. You <laughs> drew a butt. Is it, is and it, it says, butt? It says money, okay. please. <laughs> well, so this is the funny thing about Nico. I'll, I'll take your money. That's right. I'll, I'll draw butts all the time. The, the funny thing about Nico Lowe is that <laughs> people are commenting. Like people, like pe- people are dragging her being like, you're a hypocrite and all that stuff. But her fans are like, I literally only follow her for her body. I don't care what she believes. Uh, I, whatever, man. She's getting rich then. Fine. Whatever. It's, it's her hustle. Whatever. Everybody's got their own hustle. I, yeah. Also, I, I don't know what we were expecting from like the TikToker here at the same time. Maybe maybe that's a little kind of setting. I mean, what? I'm like, I'm a YouTuber, so maybe I shouldn't be dumping on TikTokers. But I, I like to think we're like a little bit above that. <laughs> I like to think. I'm not I above so. it. I think yeah. Dragon Bernie is perfectly, perfectly appropriate. Absolutely. I do it he all the time. He stopped saying millionaire. When he became a millionaire. No joke. Like, there was an article. Mm-hmm. It's like you can track the moment he removed millionaire from his speeches, and it's around the same time he became a millionaire. That's the stupidest thing ever. Welcome to the club of wanting money. Like, we were talking about this before we went on air. I don't see why every young people isn't saying, I want to be a millionaire. I want to do whatever is morally okay with me, whatever. I'm going to do what's got to be done to earn a living and maybe earn more than a living so I can, you know, take care of my family, whatever. Buy a nice car if you want to buy a nice car. There's no guilt factor. I don't understand why people have this guilt of, like, it's okay to make money. 
and yeah, then seriously. have the money yeah. and then you know you can spread it to other places invest give it to other people so they can do things with that money don't just sit on you know people have this idea of all right so there's the idea of if uh certain people who don't have a lot of money win the lottery it actually is worse for them in the long run because yeah. they don't know how to spend the money or save it or reinvest it but like if you i feel like if you have this uh, if you work for your money maybe you have a little bit more of a uh, you understand the value of that dollar or something. It's like I have yeah. a couple of dollars in my pocket. I'm not going to just let it sit there. I want to make it do something. I want buy Bitcoin, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't matter. You got the whole point is you've got to try this idea of when you have a couple of bucks, you don't just sit on it. You don't just waste it. You want to try to do something with it. Give it to other people. Hire other people so that you can make more money and they can make more money. That that's the point of that's one of the good things about earning money. So I can understand. I can understand how uh, you might look at someone who has a lot and just assume they're just going to waste it all all the time. But you can Everybody be responsible. Everybody thinks they should have your money. Everybody yeah. thinks they should be rich. Well, that's kind of – I mean you sound a little Keynesian for me on the, the point about savings. But I hear you. I think what it goes back to is what we discussed earlier with people thinking the only reason anyone has money is because they've done something evil to get it. And if you're at the top of that hierarchy, it must be because that's you participated in a rigged game. Yeah, of course. Until they get some. Yeah, until they get some. And then yeah. they're like, well, actually – and then you, you end can up become with a billionaire, a millionaire ethically, but billionaires. We, and then as soon as Jeff Bezos becomes a trillionaire, it's just going to be him that everyone's mad at. But and all the we, billionaires we, are going to be like, no, being a billionaire is fine. It's the trillionaires who are really doing it to we, us. We, we need a, a Bernie in ten years, and he's like really old, and he's a billionaire now because he wrote like he wrote a thousand new best-selling <laughs> books and made a billion dollars, and he's like the multi-billionaires in this country uh, are the problem, not not the billionaires. And then it's like Jeff Bezos. He, he's like he's like he's looking at his phone and he's sweating. And it says like Jeff Bezos net worth and it's at nine 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 billion. <laughs> yeah. And then it rolls over to out. one trillion. He goes the trillionaires in this country. And that's well. It. Here's the great thing about Joe Biden's administration and what what uh, our political leaders decided to do with printing all this money. We might all be millionaires soon. Yeah. Yes. All Look right. at that. I can't <laughs> wait. You guys want to see something crazy? Oh, that no. hyperinflation is. Let me let me fun. let me pull some up for you guys. All right, check this out. We got the. You ever see the U.S. debt clock? Yes. Oh, I, I, try, I just I can't even look at it. It's anymore. a real time. Right, let's let's check, this out, check this out. Tim, why are you doing this to the me? The usdebtclock.org says savings per family $36,875. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The the average savings per family. So that means grab a random family in the U.S. They got thirty six thousand dollars in their bank account. That's a lot of money, that right? Sounds wrong, but okay. That's the, I don't know if that because that used to be a lot of money. So, but hold on, that's I'm the not, average not, because don't they say like oh because most certain families, families have a hundred with six hundred dollars for an it emergency says, or unseen expense. So the, the, well, look, just it's the average, not not the mean. Yeah, it's yeah. Liquid cash in personal savings for all U.S. families divided by the number of U.S. families. Okay, so there's a small group of them that are super rich, and exactly. then everybody else. Uh, I, I I don't think there's enough rich people to skew it that heavily, but it's probably like okay, so maybe the the the, the median for the like middle class probably like 20k or or whatever so uh but let me let me let me jump over we have, we have, this, we have this button look at this button right here it says debt clock time machine oh, no. and i'm going to click this and i'm going to jump to 2025 let me ask you oh what do you think the average savings per family will be 
by 2025. 107. 107. 107. Based on, based on the inflation we're seeing now. 107. All right, Ian's is 107. What do you think, George? Uh, sure, 108. <laughs> you <laughs> price is right here. What have Jeff, I done? Wait, 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 can I go with 109? Yes, <laughs> okay, yes, great, you're great, all great, wrong. Can we get the music? Music? You are all wrong. 170. $512,000. U.S. debt clock. By taking the current, the current tracking and the current numbers, jumping four years from now says that if you take the total number of liquid cash and all savings and divide it by the number of families, the average is Half a million dollars. That's pretty bad. So, and here's the thing. Oh, Wait, but man. that's a big number, right? That's, that means that we're rich. Exactly. Like hold I on, said, hold we're all millionaires. So think about this. Right. That, wait, wait, wait. That means yeah. if one Bitcoin right now costs $36,000, yep. one Bitcoin in 2025 will be worth half a million dollars. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. That's a lot of, oh man. And here's that's the a thing. lot of, I'm going to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> well, here's, here's a lot of ceilings to buy for your grandma. I'll here's you what's, um. Excuse me. Here's what's really scary about this. So this is the the projected numbers by 2025. But I mean, look back in 2016, no one have, no one would have predicted that by 2021 we'd be 28 trillion in debt. So it could be far worse by 2025. Inflation in 2016, fair. the national debt was 19 trillion. 19, yeah, it was just under 20. Yeah, now we're 27. And yeah, now we're 28. 28, something. dude. So 20, by 2025, the national debt is projected to be 50 trillion, which is good. That's fine. That's fine. Everything's okay. Well, you can see how it, how it manifests. $512,000 savings per family. What people need to understand that means right now, what's happening? Somebody's like, I got 36K in the bank. Why do I need to work? I'm good. So then in order to get people to work, McDonald's is offering a $1,000 sign-on bonus. In order to pay for that sign-on bonus and those increased wages, they charge more for burgers. It just makes everything cost more. Yeah, exactly. So right now there's the Bitcoin conference going on. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. I think Max is down there. Someone, yeah, yeah, he walks in, everyone's like standing ovation, and you know, he's yelling, and he's like, F Elon, or something like that. <laughs> it was hilarious. And uh, there's a big dumpster outside of it that says tra uh, cash is trash, and it's full of Venezuelan, you know, bolivars. Wow. Yes. Oh, wow. Fuerte or whatever. So people were actually making paper art out of their Venezuelan marks and selling it online. So they would make like bags and wallets and sell those on the internet to get a higher return on their money than they would have just converting it to dollars. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you Google it, it's uh, uh, what pops up is our good friend, Luke Rudkowski. Oh. He says there's free Venezuelan bolivars in a dumpster at the Bitcoin conference. <gasps> That's nuts. Except man. they require energy to acquire, so nothing's free. I think, you know, I would take a bunch of those. You as well. Yeah. Oh, anything, I, I, be like a bro, history. I mean, we're fighting over toilet paper right now. <laughs> like, come on, they're giving it away for free. Wood costs a lot. I think it's made of plastic, though. Oh, I thought it was. But okay. either way, it's like boxes and boxes of bolivars just in a dumpster. You know what the craziest thing is? Because, like, I've been to Venezuela. You, we, had a, we had a big black garbage bag full of the money. And I was like, what's the point, dude? Yeah. Just bring a $10 bill from America to buy your pizza. Otherwise, I'm not going to hand some guy a garbage bag to throw in his trunk. <laughs> and eventually, you're just like, dude, I didn't want to carry. It's not even worth the carry. Yeah. Mm. Fiat. Well, they keep printing all this money. Joe Biden is $22 trillion in borrowing, $6 trillion in spending. So what do you think is going to happen to the economy? Well, well, what does that mean? Where is he borrowing that from? And what's he – so he's, he's issuing another $22 million, trillion borrow from the Federal Reserve? Is that what this is? I mean the borrowing probably is bonds and loans, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Debts. So it could be like, you know, they pledge to pay something and then track an invoice. But they're going to knock our company. debt from 28 trillion to 50 trillion with this. By the time trillion? Joe Biden leaves office after his first term, because, you know, he will. And Donald Trump has already issued an email where he said the next time I'm in office, uh -oh. 
We are going to be <laughs> nearly double the national debt. Fifty trillion. That's amazing. I remember when they were like the debt ceiling and the, the, the national debt is too high, and now it's just like deficit spend, deficit spend until nothing is worth nothing, and everybody just you know lives off of saltine crackers. Basically, Gross. yeah, fifty trillion. That's going to be fantastic. Well, it just means look. I think the economy will keep on churning, but uh, your savings is gone. Mm-hmm. So if you have U.S. dollars right now, this is why people are buying uh, you know houses like crazy. But I'll tell you what, man. Uh, so I got a message today from the, the uh, Jessica, who does our graphic design stuff. She had, she had a photo. I think it was Starbucks, and they were like, "We're out of we're out of peaches, we're out of strawberries, we're out of fruit, we're out of coffee, we're out of this, we're out of that." And it was like a sign. They're like, "We don't got nothing." Mm-hmm. So they keep saying supply hasn't caught up yet, <clears throat> and I'm like, "Then why is the shortage? Why are the shortages getting worse?" Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe Joe Biden keeps paying people not to work and printing money like crazy and. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking Which, for a silver lining here. You got I don't know. Buy silver. Buy, buy, oh, okay. Buy silver. Well, that's financial advice. That's, I would never give financial Everyone advice. Just Seamus. kidding. Friendly don't buy suggestion. silver. Don't buy silver. That's not what I said. That's I financial advice, too. I didn't do it. <laughs> I think if I ask you for financial advice, can you give it to me as a friend? You ran away. Even he if you're not away. a finance officer. Seamus. Seamus. Seamus, come back. In my time of need. <laughs> Uh, Seamus is just chugging all of this water. He's like a gallon of water. He's he's hot tonight. Look, you guys, I wasn't intending to give financial advice. (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) What's a silver lining? I was looking for a trial right now. Right now, the average savings for family, 36K. Mm. Price of Bitcoin, 36K. Coincidence? Maybe. But if inflation is going to track savings... Bitcoin's going to be at half a million by 2025. I think it'll be higher. I think actually, it'll be higher, yeah. Because I mean, it's not I, just not financial advice. Well, no, no, because listen, listen. Bitcoin tracking just for inflation, half a million. But add on the fact that it's going to be more widespread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So at this Bitcoin conference, it was crazy. Someone posted a video where the line was like blocks and blocks long to get in. Wow. Bitcoin is legit here, man. Yeah. Elon Musk can cry as much, he can cry all day and night about it and post his little silly memes, and nobody cares. People were like posting they were going to sell off Tesla stock. They don't want to be involved because Tesla is playing dirty games or whatever, yeah. or Good because Elon is. But I think if if it's tracking just for inflation, half a million for a Bitcoin, you add in the fact that we got four years of gr- Bitcoin growth, and you got development, million dollars, two million dollars per Bitcoin, and then people are going to wish they had some. And that's not financial advice. No, I, I don't. Don't buy. Don't. No, that's financial I know. advice, Tim. <laughs> don't do anything. Just just don't See, listen don't, to me. Is don't, it financial advice don't to listen tell people to, to invest in Freedom Tunes t-shirts? If I ask someone to, to, to buy something, um, I think this is not financial advice. But if you want a Freedom Tunes t-shirt, just go to freedomtunesmerch.com. Yeah. And there's a t-shirt. Invest, you can buy. invest your. I think you're allowed. You're allowed to suggest them to buy them, but not to invest to buy. in them. It's not an investment. All right. Now here's the thing: the money you have might be worth less. In the future, Good and you point. could have got a T-shirt out of it, but you yeah. won't be able to. It'll be too late. So, freedomtunes.com uh, or freedomtunes.merch. I'm sorry, freedomtunesmerch.com. Right. I can't get financial advice. I can't even get a domain name right. Bro, this freedomtunesmerch.com. This, this Bitcoin conference was lit because, oh, nice. like, not only did it. they have the Venezuelan dollars in the dumpster, not only was it jam-packed with people who are super enthusiastic about this decentralized currency, but Laura Loomer confronted <laughs> yeah. Jack Dorsey. And I'm I'm all here for. He it. was there. Jack Dorsey was. Jack at the Dorsey was conference? speaking, and she really? and she Guys, got Bitcoin up. Is good. <laughs> she she got up and she's like, "You are manipulating elections." And then I guess she got you know security throughout or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, "That's excellent." So, so you've both taken him to school. 
Oh, I mean, Laura's gone after everybody. She chained her, she she handcuffed herself to the Twitter building in New York. Didn't really? She? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that's, you know, I just yelled at the guy, I guess. Yeah. Like we, I, arg- I argued with him. Jack, he had his that bodyguard. Was, that that was when Tim yeah. and I met. I asked him to do a voice in the cartoon I made about you yelling at Jack Dorsey. Yeah. Is that guy, I was unaware of everything that was being done. About oh, yeah, it. we got. We, we have we're to gonna... discriminate against conservatives if we want people to be free on our platform. <laughs> that's the only way. And then who did the voice of uh, Vijay Gaudet? I think it was me. Yeah, no. I, I didn't like. I couldn't do an impression of her, so I just did like a generic bad female voice. I was like, well, actually, that we have to. The reason the website did this, but I, I was more. I mean, the Jack. The Twitter Jack exists to just make sure all Twitter, uh, conservatives Twitter can rot in hell. I just the only way people are free to speak is if conservatives can't talk. It's just the only <laughs> possible solution. Yeah. No, I, I think said. they genuinely believe that a run-of-the-mill conservative is like. But, you know, when they when they imagine a regular conservative, it's like a liberal, like Ezra Klein. That's how they see conservatives. Yes. Well, I'm going to I'm going to take a line from Michael Knowles here. But, but as he says, uh, or to put it in his words, the only thing conservatives have been able to agree on since the Cold War is to cut taxes. And so I think to many people on the left, like that's just what conservatism is. Like conservatism, when you call it, like talk about tax cuts, but everything else is just that's weird alt right stuff what, or what something. Is, what is right wing anymore? Oh, yeah, no. I, dude, Nazis were right wing. I heard Ian was right wing, and I was like, that's not correct. I know. Wait, what who said what Ian is this topsy turvy world now? Ian's I don't understand. I, don't, I hang out with Tim. Ian, so Ian I guess is so literally I a long haired freaky people. You know, for that song. <laughs> I'm. I try to be center, but I mean, I am drawn to the left. I'm drawn to the wicked, wacky, wild. You know, psychoactive experience of reality. That's not right wing at all. That's like <laughs> not even. That's one of the least right wing things I've ever heard in my that's life. That's what I'm talking Tim about. Tim Castiel is a far right podcast far hosted right. by a liberal and some weird hippie guy. <laughs> as soon as I'm off air, Ian's like telling me I need to like read Aquinas. And <laughs> yes. people don't realize it, it's a wig. Is it? But that's actually crazy Fine. too. Ian's it's got a very that, short haircut. It's funny that that's also considered right wing now. Like it, it's just it's <laughs> it's just strange how all like the foundational philosophy of our culture is is scary. I was supposed right. Jesus was probably left wing would have been considered left wing for his time like he was a, he was a radical <laughs> anti-establishment you know he spoke out against the empire so yeah, but, 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 here's, the, but here's, real quick yeah speaking out against the empire what do you exactly. think the caps are nah. they're not left wing yeah it's like right. the Bitcoin conference is so loaded with libertarians, the left and the right thing. I don't exactly. Know. Well, here's the thing, and this is why we have to be very careful. Le- left, we left, everything. Li- well, real quick, sorry, sorry. Just yeah, sure. Left sure. literally means evil. That's all you need to know. Oh, I see. Yeah, basically. Right no, now. that that's what I'm trying to say. It's true. But no, I mean, kind of, because here's the thing: we view everything as left versus right when it comes to our social structures right now. But these were not terms that were used prior to the French Revolution, and uh-huh. so you kind of have to stop trying to put different moments in history into those boxes. I know that the left literally exists and existed from the very beginning to counter the Catholic Church and its goals. If you look at the French Revolution, what Robespierre. they did. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the French Revolution and the foundational thinkers of it and the foundational thinkers of leftism, their entire purpose has always been to counter Christian values and more specifically the Catholic Church and its goals. I got it. I got it. I was wrong. It doesn't mean evil. Okay. okay. I looked it I up. Just we have etymology. Uh, etymo- et- et- Left means opposite of right from Old English lift, which means weak and foolish. Oh, my gosh. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Left-handed. It also, uh, uh, the Dutch dialect loof, meaning weak and worthless. Wow. And sinister. And also, if yeah, someone sinister. goes away, they left. Yeah, there you go. Odd. It's all that, bad. Where such a negative. They say, the usual Old English winstray winestra left, left hand literally friendlier, a euphemism used superstitiously to avoid invoking the unlucky forces connected with the left side. Compare sinister. And there you go. 
I would suggest we don't put ourselves in the same position that the French revolutionaries found themselves in, dividing people into a left and a right. Dude, sinister literally means to the left. Yes, it does. What? It means contrary, false, unfavorable to the left. And the word sin Well, is I could have told you. Yeah. <laughs> and the right literally means right. Correct. Correct. You are right. That's busted. So saying someone is far right, you're saying like, you are very correct. <laughs> you're very correct. You're very correct. Sir, I agree with you very much. No, I disagree with you because you're right and I'm wrong. Correct. That's the, that's all you gotta say from now on. People, people are like, you know, you're far right. Be like, thank you. I am correct. I am, I, I am very right in all of my opinions. Like, they are correct. They are right. Mm-hmm. You're wrong. There's so many like common words like right, left, wrong, uh, right, light, heavy, dark, light. Like this word, the word light and the word right have so many there's so such simple proliferative words in our language but have vastly different meanings yep. depending on how you're using it i don't like it mm-hmm. it's not enough words we need different words for those just make stuff up. yeah looking up the origin of light and it's not related light dark or yep. it also means light not, not heavy. dark i don't know not dark. from it comes from loot light brightness this is the word light huh. that's it Nothing special light means right there you go. Light makes right. Well, humans. No, I don't, I, don't, I don't like that direction you're going in, Ian. All right, thanks. <laughs> Pull me back from the edge, Dude, baby. I saw him buying a pack of Skittles earlier. I mean. And I, <laughs> should I, think, we, uh, I think humans really prefer light because we're so visually oriented. I think that's Definitely. All. Well, it was because darkness was, like, nighttime was scary. scary. Yeah. You know, there's, like, bears yeah. and stuff. You're, like, sleeping, and you're, like, you know, mind your own business, and, like, a bear comes out, and he, like, bites you. We really are in, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like, the Americans being born here is such a... Like a va- just valuable in and of itself, and I was thinking, just talking earlier today about how it's kind of like being in the the king's court. Like as Americans, if the if the earth was a, a kingdom, we were the ones that were born in in our living court drama right now. This is all that's going on inside the castle. It's really well. Let's be let's be great. real. Like, like you know, Ian, when when we were about to when we were choosing our characters for the simulation, like we all chose easy mode. Basically, we were like, let's put on casual. You know, American and Ian chose white male. Yeah. Just absolutely determines I want the everything. Best ending. I'm just gonna <laughs> beat it. Help as many people as I can. Beat it. And maybe I'll I'll just, try it on hard mode later next time. Yeah, and hard mode would be what being born in like Somalia. And today it would be, yeah. Yeah. Or you can be born in like the middle of Australia, I guess, to like a witch doctor family of like <laughs> weird European settlers who found themselves in the middle of the, the outback and you're fighting scorpions and kangaroos at the same time, and kangaroos that throw scorpions at you. Oh, yeah. They carry them in their pouches. The worst. <laughs> yeah. And then once you like, once you get close enough to the cities, the kangaroos are now like pink. They're like the same animations, but they're ten times stronger <laughs> yeah. because the simulation didn't feel like making new monsters. Yeah, so that's just the reality of it. Elite that's kangaroos. Uh huh. <laughs> they're purple. Have you guys seen that video where the kangaroo is at the guy's window, like, banging, trying oh, to dude, get Dude, yes. That's terrifying. <laughs> it's all ripped. This so is really why Australians scary. need guns. There you go. Don't know why they got rid of them. Can you imagine a kangaroo just banging on your door? I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have my weapons. Aren't, like, Look, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get into a fist fight with a kangaroo. Nope. Have you I thought ever they been were friends with kangaroos. I thought, like, in Australia, like, kangaroos are, like, people, you know? I don't think I so. I watched a video where there was, hey, like, a- Australia went to war with emus, didn't they? And lost. Oh, really? What did they, they did? And lost. <laughs> no one did. can beat the emu. What happened? I need to double check this. I saw up. a video where like people had a barbecue and a kangaroo just like jumps in and everyone's like, hey, mate. Yeah. And the kangaroo's like doing <laughs> his thing or something. awesome. It's like bouncing around. I yeah. was. Yeah. They, so, so they're not that nice to animals. Australia did go to war with emus and they did lose. They did lose the war. Wow. They were just a pest all across Australia. 
Fun fact, you learn something new every day. What is an emu? <laughs> I'm pretty anti-war, but I might be able to get behind the emu war. Unfortunately, yeah. they did lose, though. It was funny when uh, Sydney Watson was here, and she told Ian about drop bears. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And was all like, whoa. But they were fake. Yes. Sash. There's no drop she bears. She took me for a ride. What, did she, what, what was she saying drop bears were? So, like, it's a joke that Australians have to trick non-Australians where they claim that koala bears will, like, drop from the trees and land on you <laughs> and, like, maul you or something. <laughs> Drop bears. <laughs> I'm not in a position to deny or. I confirm. believe it, right? Yeah. Don't they have like big onion rings? I'm not going to like question the lived experience of someone who's come to my exactly. country from afar. Well, or, or is like here for good? Do Australians get mad at Outback Steakhouse and Foster's beer? That's a good question. Is it like cultural appropriation? Uh, Foster's, yes, I think. Col- Foster's like isn't in Australia, though. I think. Right. Yeah, not there. It's Australian for beer, but it's not Australian. It's like the Irish yeah. people get angry at Guinness, which yeah. is too bad because that's a great beer. Yeah, yeah here's, here's, do, here's a secret: y'all have never had a real Guinness. Unless you've actually yeah, the been. Guinness that's in Ireland is different. Yep. When they ship it over, it Boom. actually messes with the consistency. Well, I had one in Dublin at an they, airport. Yeah, they do the. There you go. That's the real one. They yeah, do the I legit. The legit. You know, Guinness gives out only to the people in Ireland. The history of Guinness uh, is pretty interesting. The the Irish dock workers didn't have any money. They were making beer, and then they'd sell all the beer would be gone. And at the bottom of the barrel, there'd be this dark sludge, and they didn't yeah. have any money, so they just started making beer out of the sludge. Like of course we'll drink it. It's alcohol. That's right. It's like at the bottom. They're like, yeah, of course we'll try. It became one of the most delicious. <laughs> You know, beer, in my opinion, on the planet. Probably I, love, I love that that's, our that's, contribution uh, was the bottom of the barrel. That's a racist, <laughs> racist stereotype. Uh, You're right. I'm sorry, British really people actually drink more per capita than Irish people do. Is that true? Yeah, I was reading about Good. it. It's the guilt. And the, the, the Irish drunk emerged because, this is what I heard, it could be false, that when I, Irish immigrants were coming to the United States, like in the early 1900s and like late 1800s, they would pretend to be drunk if they were homeless so they can get a free night's sleep in the in the local jail. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I know that I know that they're called paddy wagons because Irish people were disproportionately arrested. But I don't know about that. They're like, oh, I was pretending. Of course, I was just pretending <laughs> so I could go off to jail for the night. I had wanted somewhere worse to sleep. People oh, do just relax. I'm totally just pretending to have had too much alcohol in <laughs> my system right now. People do it now, though. People, people like homeless people will will commit a low level crime to get a free place to stay. That's so sad. Yeah, it's so man. sad. You occasionally get people that claim that they're. Uh, I can't make this joke. I was going to say Don't. that they complain that they can't breathe in order to get taken to the hospital no. instead of the jail. Oh, Brutal. He did yeah. that. It's not really. It's not a joke. That's the worst part. It's true. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. People feign medical illness when they're being arrested, Absolutely. so they, they get taken often. To that was that was testimony that in the Chauvin trial. They do yeah. it a lot. Oh, all right. Oh. So then that makes it just harder to deal with everything, and then you get young people who don't understand how the world works, and they're like, "Burn it down!" And then they literally go and burn it down, and then they forget the name of the guy they're fighting for. They, they were fighting for a guy named Sony as they walk out with a 50-inch flat screen under their arm. Yeah. There was a, there was looting and, and fires the other day in Minneapolis mm-hmm. in the no-go zone oh. and, and around it. After they put it back up? Yeah, it was after they shot a guy. The marshals killed a fugitive. And so they were like, let's go riot. And then Unicorn Riot, this lefty group, like interviewed a guy. And he's like, I'll be honest. I don't even know the na- guy's name. I can't remember. And they're like, his name was like Winston, I think, or something. Mm. Yeah. I can't remember his name. But then he was like, I don't even know his name. And like, you're, you're torching stuff in the street. Like, don't you think it's kind of important, you know? I, I, the joke I made was like, could you imagine if you showed up for like a business meeting and you're like, I'm on the 50th floor for a business meeting and who are you meeting? I don't know. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> It'd be like, money. sir, you can't come in. Like, yeah. you, you're not here for any particular reason. That's the nature of, uh, of, of activism these days, though, guys. Yeah. I guess one of you could just draw a picture about it and then we'll, mm. we'll carry on as That's if true. nothing happened. Act first, figure it out later. That's what I figure always out say. Mm hmm. Well, you know, we could do. We can take super chats. Oh, I like that. from I the audience. Could. And uh, if you haven't already, smash the like button. 
I'm 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 very excited. You know, we had some internet hiccups early on, but uh, so far the, the oh, squirrels yeah. have not chewed through the line. It's just like on the ground, leading outside. So I'm like, I'm waiting for a car to run over. I don't even. I don't know. I guess the guy made it work. So you know, good on him. We want to run some tape, electrical tape over it because it's going over the sidewalk. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Actually, I think I think that's the core. Doesn't it go that's all the way down to the street or something? I don't. I, don't, I didn't check. Huh. It looked like it might though. Yeah, and then like just Around cars are driving over it down. right now. The internet is going to get run over by a car. Anyway, <laughs> smash the like button if you haven't already done so. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Christina H says, "Did y'all see Tom McDonald's new music video today? It was fire. Blair White is in it. Happy Friday. I saw clips. I saw it on so Instagram. It's cool. All right." Rob Lowe, Rob's Lowe says, regarding your members show last night, I will say the whole thi- the whole having a kid kills your dreams argument is not true as a father. The moment I laid eyes on my daughter, all of my mistakes meant nothing and, and all I saw was the future. There you go. That's beautiful. Ethan Randall says, happy Killdozer Day. That's oh, is right. that is it the anniversary of? Yeah. Oh, well. All right. Let's see. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Political Badad says, did you see Blair White was in Tom McDonald's new music video, Snowflakes? We need to support non-woke artists like Tom, G-Prime, and Freedom Tunes. Thank you. That's correct. Well, this is actually something you mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. like going off to art school, and I sort of joked about how, how parents generally don't like that or don't like their kid per- pursuing a career in art. I just want to say this. If you're a conservative person and you like are upset about the fact that conservatives are not represented in artistic careers, you got to become comfortable with your kid going into one. Yes. And conservative artists should also feel emboldened, even though I don't like that word. Like, (laughs) you see Seamus there, you see, to a smaller extent, myself. There aren't a lot of conservative artists for some reason. It's like we're scared of getting canceled or something. If we don't step up and, I mean, there's this stereotype, a cliche of, like, a lot of artists and cartoonists and even humorists are left-leaning. But, like, where are all the right-leaning or even middle-slash-conservative creators, like... Feel free to step forward. It's because there needs to be a sufficient tribe for money to exist. And what happens on the left is there's a massive market for leftism. And so it's basically a Mexican standoff. They they may not believe these things, but they're like, I'm not going to cross this group that pays me. I'll get too much flack. It's not worth it. The same thing exists on the right. Tribalism is tribalism. 100%. I mean, somehow we've got to be able to find the time to do this X hours per week. Let's mm-hmm. say if this is a full-time job, at least 40 hours a week. For me, it's like 60. Yeah. But, like, I'm trying that. my best. That. And a lot of us are trying our best. We just got to try to find the money to do this. I don't know, like, uh, all right, so a lot of left-leaning creators, like, they have The Daily Show and stuff like that. They have actual late-night shows where they have, you know, back-end commercials and all that stuff. People paying them to do their SNL, right? Like, what happened to comedy? I don't know. But they're <laughs> not funny anymore. They haven't been funny for 20 years. But, like, all right, so those people are getting paid to do their thing. And uh, conservative creators, I think if more of us step up and if you have the guts to step up, don't be afraid of being canceled because if you're working for yourself, kind of you can't be canceled. I, yeah. I, I feel like there's just got to be more of us and uh, and more high-quality stuff. I'm not saying— you can, you, you, you can still be canceled, but to a lesser degree, right? Like, yeah. if you work for a company and you cross the left, they'll fire you from your job. Yeah. 
if you work for the right and you say something out of turn, they'll probably just like argue with you and it might be bad for you in the long run. But, you know, you can get canceled on the right. Yeah, it I mean, happens. You can have clients refuse to work with you in the future if you're self-employed. You could also just be completely deplatformed. That's true. I mean, that happens. But I know, but I agree completely with your message. Completely. Well, somehow we've got to find a this. way to yes. make a living at this. Yeah. Fine. But there are yeah. a lot of us who want to do this for a living. We just yeah. some somehow there's got to be a connection between finding an audience and then just giving them something that they're willing to throw you a tip or something. Yeah, I hear you. Here's well, some money for t-shirts. Right. Here's a super chat. Speaking of which, super chats. Sean Easton sure. says, he got three questions, so uh, we'll go with the first one. Do you guys think that anime and Eastern cartoons have become popular due to the decline in quality in Western shows? Yes. Mm. Well, I'll answer this first. I, I grew up <laughs> watching anime because American shows are like episodic and anime is like, you know, what is it called? Like a serial? Like yeah. it's continuous. It, mm-hmm. And so watching like Dragon Ball Z growing up, what happens next? Mm-hmm. And they always live in the cliffhanger, you know, like Goku's about to go Super Saiyan. You're like, I gotta see the next episode. Oh man. And you have this really long story where someone asks you, like, what's happening in this episode? Oh, dude, you gotta watch a hundred episodes to yeah. figure out what's happening here. And then American shows, it was like, at the end of every, every show, it just restarts. Yes. It's just like nothing changes and it was just gag humor. And I wasn't a big fan of it. I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you want to go first? No, no, you go ahead. Well, there's a lot of uh, history. I've been studying the history of comics for a long time because I, uh, before I did silly political strips, I was trying to get into indie comics again. And um, if you study sort of what happened to American comics in the past few decades, there was a massive bubble in 92, 93. So Image Comics uh, around 92 when Spawn was coming out and it was getting formed was like the peak of American comics since... I want to say the 50s, 40s, something like that. The golden age and the silver age was happening. So then the bubble burst for various reasons. And then there was a lot of uh, stores closing in the mid to late 90s uh, because of the speculator market. So long story short is a lot of creators ended up uh, scattering and doing what they're doing now, which is um, crowdfunding a lot of their comic strips. So you get a lot of the creators who want to, I don't know, I create an Indiegogo or something like that, and I say, hey, everyone who follows me, if you want to buy this book, you can back the book. Um, but what happens in Japan, There's there was a famous story a couple of weeks ago or a couple of days ago where one manga series called Demon Slayer, I think, is outselling the entire American comics industry. Whoa! Just one. Well, hold wow. on, hold on. Manga. That was the second question. As animators, what do you think of the Demon Slayer movie? Okay. I never saw it. it. Yeah, but the the story is interesting because all right. But real, so, real real quick, Demon Slayer in America is outselling entire American comics. I'm not sure in America, but maybe worldwide. Like if you go to Barnes and Noble right now, right? If you look at the comics section, the graphic novel section, the Western comics versus the manga section, the manga section is almost always three times the size, for various reasons. But people here even want to read more manga like young people want to read manga more than american comics they're more into it for uh, numerous reasons i've always said like manga is like the mma versus uh, if you've ever seen those uh, videos of the mma fighter versus like the tai chi fighter and it's just like a brutal beatdown of like american comics look really great but if you pit american comics versus manga manga's going to win every time why is it there's, I could do a whole thesis. Look, 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 on look. I'll tell you this. 
When I see these like ultra woke trash comics, yeah, no I one wants to anywhere it. near that. Well, Nobody wants Why it. did that happen? It seems like that happened to comics in a way that it just yeah. hasn't happened to other they industries in an overt way. So most creative industries lean to the left, yeah. but it just seems like comics are really far to the left compared to the other ones, and, and in a much more overt way. They so most, took most over, movies man. and television shows will have a left wing message, but they're not like. Making a big deal of the yeah. fact that they are having a left wing message not as often. Yeah, but but Cobra. but that but why comics Disney, though? Why Disney, does, why don't the same rules apply to these other industries? Probably because well, Disney bought Marvel. No, hold, hold on. I, I my 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 assumption is that comic sales were slumping, and these mm. companies thought we're only getting white men. We have this whole untapped audience of diversity of like you know non white female etc. Did they though? So how could yes? That's what a lot of them do. They think. Their core audience is this one group, and how do we expand into mm-hmm. all these other areas? So what they start doing is making diverse messages because they mm-hmm. think that's what people want instead of realizing nobody wants that. And maybe you should just make so, – so I'll put it this way. It used to be that if you were a, a TV host, you were, you were super rich. Now there's millions of hosts who do YouTube yeah. shows who are all doing well – who are well, well off but not like $50 million like you know Hannity is. It's changing. So these comics start seeing their sales decline. And instead of saying, let's make another brand new comic for this market, they say, let's make Iron Man a young black woman. Because then the Iron Man fans will watch and read. And the other communities who don't now will. And it's like, no, now, now you've just made a, a, a weird character that nobody cares about. Yeah. It, it doesn't work that way. I look at, I look at manga. It's not in there. Like I got, I got Crunchyroll, man, and I'm like each and every one of these action shows. I just watch. I'm like, wow, it's actually pretty good. Well, yeah, I wa- I've never watched any <clears throat> anime, um, but I'm curious. I mean, it could also just be that the stories are more interesting to people. Yeah, what's your thesis, George? At least, man. I, all right, so I I don't know if you guys know, but like there was a company called Tokyo Pop back in the uh, mid 2000s that was translating a lot of manga. Mm-hmm. Uh, back before the uh, recession of 2007-8, there was. Long story short, they were trying to do original English manga, and I was involved with that stuff. I had my first book was published through them. Oh. Um, but what was happening with manga in those years and even in the late 90s was a lot of manga was getting published in English. Uh, that's why they started doing the whole um, – if you the formats going from right to left because in the original Japanese, they read from right to left. So a lot of – it seemed foreign and weird at first, but they weren't flipping the books anymore. You had companies like Viz, uh, Tokyo Pop. Uh, uh, anyway, there were a lot of companies doing this. But you want to talk about diversity, for example. Like, there were so many female creators in Japan creating, uh, like, say, shoujo series. That's a girl series. You know, um, I've got a, a couple of uh, Rumiko Takahashi. Uh, Masami Suda, Fuyumi Soryo. Yeah, R- Rumiko did Inuyasha. And Inuyasha, Rama. dude, she did so many. And if you want to talk about like female creators and those are huge manga, massive. Shows. She's one of the richest uh, manga creators in history. Woman, and there was no, I, there was no inkling of like, oh, she was oppressed or mm-hmm. she wasn't. She just made good books, and she found an audience that wanted to buy and read her stuff. They were crazy about it. Even here in the States, that's why if I go to Barnes & Noble, I try to like talk to some people like, hey, why do you read this series? And they mm-hmm. just tell me, oh, I just like the story. I want to find out what's happening next, even though it's not in color. Americans love books in color, but if you give them like Berserk, the creator of Berserk, Kentaro Miura, recently died. Everybody now was talking about, uh, all of last week, we're talking about how much they love Berserk. It's a black and white series, one of the coolest darkest fantasy series you've ever heard of 
They love that series. Is that no, by Romiko? Uh, Berserk? Yeah. No, that's oh. Kentaro Miyura. Uh, yeah, he I, did. I, I was going to say, though, uh, uh, for in- Inuyasha, what year was that? 90s? Uh, 80s, I want to say. The 80s. manga, at least. The, and the so, anime would have been 90s, probably. So, so Inuyasha is about a furry, and Ranma is about a transgender martial artist. Really? But no, there's a reason I don't watch anime. But people were no, 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 no. reading those I'm, series. I'm, I'm, I'm grossly mischaracterizing uh, the animes. I was also no, but in a way, I mean, really, that gives you an idea of the people just wanted to read a story that they wanted to enjoy. There was no uh, pushing of uh, an ideology. Yeah. For them, especially in manga, story is the king. You've got uh, the writer. All right, so you've got the mangaka who is the writer artist who has assistants working with them, and then you've got the editor who helps them write the stories. But they're really focused on what's how, how do I get the readers to read the next chapter? Always, they're planning the story in such a way, like I just started getting onto One Piece, and I, I can't get enough of it. It's so fun, and I want to find out what's happening next, and I just like the characters, I like the world. It's fun to read. An American comic nowadays, like I open it, and I have to push myself. I have to force myself to turn the page. It's so boring. And I can't explain why, but when I read a manga, I can't put them down. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy. But it's a martial arts thing to me. Like I, I grew up reading manga, my whole life. I I, I, I grew up hanging hang out at comic shops, yeah. and they've just always been boring to me. Have you? But if you saw a manga on the shelf, like did you put feel? It down. Yeah, dude. Like full, full metal them. alchemist. You got to know what happens Incredible. next. The politics of it was brilliant. Yeah. I loved the 92, 91 is when I got into comics. I was reading like the Infinity Gauntlet. X-Force was all right. X-Men. They were good stories. I mean, the relationship between Jean Grey and like Jubilee for, or like Cyclops and like, you know, uh, Colossus or whatever. And then and Spawn came out and it was like, oh, this is amazing. This is Jim Lee's started a new company with Image. And then maybe they just fell into the spectacle. I mean, Mar- Marvel got bought. That industry got torched by Disney, basically, it looks like. Marvel was struggling for a long time. If you look at the history of what happened with Image, those – all right, Tom McFarlane, uh, Rob Liefeld and all those guys, they were originally – they were the top guys at Marvel. And they all decided to quit at the same time and form Image Comics. It was this whole flip of, like, the whole industry turned upside down. And everyone was like, oh – all right, so a few years later, there was something called the speculator market, which a lot of comic books were selling – uh, like a, a Superman number one sold for a ton of money. And everyone's like, oh, I got to buy issue one of this book. And mm. there's all these variant covers. Uh, it's super rare. So I have to invest in this comic. So what ended up happening, unfortunately, was Image Comics was so successful that they were selling millions and millions of copies of their first issues. Everyone was buying them and it created a bubble by accident. Mm. And then the bubble popped. So all these comic shops, like novelty comic shops that used to be card shops, opened and then closed and everyone saw the recession is like oh comics are over but it was just a bubble so image comics is an interesting anomaly and then all right so they were struggling for a while and then uh image comics did a all right they had walking dead which was really (laughs) really successful robert kirkman ended up becoming a partner at image after uh walking dead was doing really good um which is another black and white book, incidentally. And everybody wanted to... It was one of those page-turner books that everyone wants to find out what happens next. Just go back to the 80s, man, and it was just a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. And then, I don't know what happened. Like, the late internet, 90s, 2000s, eBay, it started to get dry. eBay destroyed the market. What I mean is the writing. Do you, so, so we're talking about, like, manga and anime versus comics, right? So I'm, I'm growing up, and I'm reading comics in, like, 2000. And they're getting dry and boring, and I'm reading, and I'm just like, Ugh. 
You know what it might be? I can only read about Cyclops so many times. Yeah. Sure. But, you know, with I started watching Dragon Ball Z. I watched that in the 90s when I was a little kid. It was on it – was, it was, I would turn on Channel 50 at 8 in the morning. It was like – or I think the only way to watch it was in Spanish. And so there was like that scene where Vegeta – That's why you speak uh, Spanish Vegeta is about to kill Nappa. And Nappa goes, Por qué, Vegeta? And then Vegeta blasts him. And I'm like, Por qué? And then uh, – but, but then, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little kid. And then I started watching it. And I'm like, whoa. And like the lore was really cool because I'd watch an episode and then someone would start telling me like, here's this character. Here's what, here's, here's, here's what happened 10 years ago. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm getting really, really into it. I opened a comic. Yeah, like a lot of the X-Men lore and like the DC lore stuff was interesting. But it started to get boring. Mm-hmm. And then the difference is there's so much different manga that are, that are long, that are in-depth, that have different characters that I could just find the one that I thought was really good and, and stick to it and watch it or read it and get through the whole thing. Mm. I don't know, man. You you compare like the uh, Full Metal Alchemist, the politics of that manga, brilliant, like government corruption and just the general aspect of how they have the powers they have. Alchemy, they can just make things with code, like they write on the tables or whatever. And then you have Death Note, which is probably one of the greatest, fantastic, yeah, yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. And that's like, what can we say right now? MCU. Cool, I like the MCU movies, but it's regurgitated. They're not hiring or searching for new talent. Like the way that manga, they, all right, Shonen Jump and all those uh, companies over there, they have talent searches all the time. Submit your stuff, submit a chapter, the editors will pick the best. You get to talk to an editor, maybe you get to develop a series. Over here in the States, all right, so you got even veteran creators. I was talking to a veteran creator who has multiple Eisner Awards, super amazing. He used to, I won't say his name out of respect, I guess, but like, he can't find work anymore because the editors running Marvel DC, they won't even talk to him. Because they're woke? They're woke and he, let's say, is conservative. Let's say. There's a whole bunch of, I won't name names, but there's a whole bunch of conservative creators who can't find work in the industry. But they're able to get crowdfunding. There are some of them who have hundreds of thousands of dollars. A couple of them broke even millions on their books. But should, is there like an American Shonen Jump? No. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, there is a translated version of Shonen Jump. No, in that, that I, right. I've, but I mean like our version yeah, of it. There needs know? to be an anthology. Yes. The problem is with printing. I, I don't know if I mentioned last time I print my own books at home, let's say. I can't do a lot. Like I'm not like a, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff by myself. But like to print in color is so expensive. You would have to print tens of thousands of books just to break even, let's say. Yeah, but you, you ship. But doesn't, doesn't Shonen do the manga chapters in black they and white? They do it in black and white. But they can – yeah, they have – it's called an anthology if you've ever seen heavy metal in America. Um, but yeah, if you look at Shonen Jump, uh, Pulp used to do it back in the 90s too. There needs to be things like talent searches, anthologies, creators – Creators nowadays, like, we're trying to do indie comics. It's just that to get funded to do them is so hard. And those of us who get funded, we're working super slow because, like, I have a book called Mary Sue, for instance, that just got – it got funded, like, months ago. And I'm trying to find time to work on it. It just barely got funding. Right on, right on. I was just thinking an awesome new genre would be – have you ever seen the app where you, you take a beer bottle and you, you scan it with the app and it animates – 
the picture on the beer bottle becomes an animation. If you had a comic like that, you open, you read the comic, or you could put your phone up and, and view it, and well, it's just, a that's, cartoon happens. It's cool. I mean, but Dang, you could just go on the website and watch the cartoon. You know, the I mean? argument of you digitizing could, yeah. comics, like they've they've been trying to experiment with that for a long time. And then there's the people who want to have a physical book at the store or mailed to them. That's what I'm talking I, about we, we, we should we should move on, but I just want to point out this that this is this is a really good example of American cultural stagnation. That. You know, it used to be that Americans were pushing culture and culture was being exported. Mm. And now we have with comics. I mean, for me growing up, I'm not interested in the American, American yeah. comic industry. Manga's crushed us. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. over. It's well, good for them. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'm part Japanese. I'll take credit. You guys, you all suck. Nice so. work. Moving on. The oh, last oh, part of the super you. chat, because that was a super chat, was oh, uh, yeah. uh, Seamus, Jordan Peterson doing a Ben Shapiro impression. It's like, okay, gang, if you're going to tell me that I can embody the archetypal mess of the hero <laughs> metaphorically dying and you're also going to argue for universal health care, you're absolutely out of your mind. Because here's the thing. We can't have universal health care in a system where people are actually being their best selves because that requires that you force other people to take responsibility for your actions. All right, gang? Oh, my gosh. Jordan wow. Peterson is Ben Shapiro. Epic. Thank Excellent. You. Thank you. Amazing. Garrett Savant says, white Skittles drain the rainbow. Oh. <laughs> Rob Santana says, Tim, the speaker at Yale found the line. Do you think it will move? And in which direction? Of course it will move over the line. Yeah. She didn't find the line. She's well past it, dude. That's Backflipped nuts. over it. Yeah. <laughs> she backflipped over it. No, it was like, it was like a, a round off back layout. It was, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was an excellent maneuver. All right. Vapor Trail says, you can be rich or you can be left wing. Everyone who is both is pure evil from Nico to Silicon Valley to Hollywood. Communism has always been an ideology of the rich imposed from the top down and they stay rich. That is correct. Karl Marx was super rich, wasn't he? I don't know. He was born to a really wealthy family, I think. Uh, I, I got, I got, J Mac said with, with a big super chat, say the punchline, Gerd Damnit. Which one? Well, we're just going to move on from that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what his punchline was going to be, and I don't think we should get the show kicked off YouTube. Yeah. No. I'll have to tweet it. Josh Van Horn says, I released a children's book on self-improvement that centers around jealousy and loss. It's called Boy Girl Monster, and it can be ordered from, what does it say? Umni Rocks. Uh, Umni.rocks. Huh. It's my little part in helping take the culture back. Thanks, crew. That's cool. I, I pointed this out on my segment about Nico. She's doing these TikTok videos, and she wears a Bernie shirt. Clearly, she doesn't know a whole lot about the ideology, and it doesn't matter. Young people who watch that will like her and like Bernie. What am I doing? What are we doing here? Well, we're doing a vlog. What do we have in the skate park? A big old Gadsden flag. That's the point. Mm-hmm. So people are going to watch it. I know what the Gadsden flag represents. It, don't tread on me. It represents part, a part of the American Revolution, a symbol of it. And freedom, liberty, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And uh, when people watch the vlog and they see something silly like, you know, chickens eating cicadas or something, there it is. Building the culture, having those, those, those symbols exist and be, and be prominent. Rainforest says, I think the Skittle market plan was we are getting rid of our rainbow because only one rainbow matters this month the rainbow flag the store messed up yes that's that's correct uh that's what they did and it was really really dumb yeah. bad idea poorly executed all right let's see what we got here in the super chats jack bailey says do you know about the four basic personality types sanguine yes. chloric phlegmatic and melancholy i highly rec- recommend you look them up Explain, Seamus. Yeah, so sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. This is something that dates back to ancient Greece. The idea is you have people who are um, basically everyone fits into one of these categories. You're usually bleeding into another category. You'll have a secondary temperament. But someone who is sanguine is someone who is much more in their body. Sanguine actually means blood. It it means you're a person who takes more pleasure in things, laughs more often, 
It tends to be less responsible but much more fun-loving, uh, more pleasant and upbeat. Choleric people tend to be more angry. They're fiery. They like to analyze things. They're a bit more quick. Phlegmatic people are the people who more or less don't care or seem not to care. It takes a lot to really get them motivated about things. They're very chill as people. And then melancholic people are usually very introspective. They're more likely to be down uh, about things. And most people fall into more than one category. It's rare you meet someone who perfectly falls into one of these categories. So you can take these tests. I know I'm, I'm like sanguine choleric based on the tests I've taken. You guys are probably, I mean, Tim's definitely choleric. I wonder what your, your secondary is. Um, I, I highly recommend taking the test. It's very interesting. I'm, I'm a sun and moon Pisces and sun a rising moon, Leo. This, it's different. It's di- well, so right, different. Right, so it's different about this. Leo. What's different about this and like astrology is it's just a, an interesting way of categorizing people based on behaviors we know that they have. And, and, and the belief is that it's in the body very much. It's I mean, based it's on just the like, it's, it's, yeah, the, the, the general idea is there are certain aspects of your personality that are just innate. I think that's really what it's getting at there, what, there are these what, elements of you that aren't necessarily learned it's just who you are what are, what 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 animal are you on the <laughs> no, chinese zodiac i'm a human on the on the chinese Deep. zodiac oh i don't know i have no idea monkey are you I so don't know. You, some, someone pull it up on this one i'm oh, a yeah, tiger like, oh you're a tiger what does that I mean? was, but it's yeah. interesting they brought the temperaments up and it, it maybe it was because earlier we were talking about nature versus nurture and the fact that you really need to complete things i was thinking of temperament when you were talking about that as well i think that's a huge part of it we got a super chat here from NOS. He says, I've been having a really hard time in my life, struggling with my life goals and other things. Mm-hmm. I know you guys say college is bad, but with what I want to do and the way I learn the best I need to, been struggling with school, but this really helped inspire me. So thanks. Glad to hear it. God bless you. I'm glad we could help. Definitely, dude. So what year were you born in? 79. Did you look it up? Uh, no, I'm, I'm in the process of it. Uh, every time I've heard his age before, but every time I hear it, it still shocks me. 42, <laughs> the meaning of life. Yeah. Oh, oh. According to uh, what, is, what is it, Ian? I don't know. Where do I Hitchhiker's look for this? Guy. I'm on what Wikipedia. If Ian's a gorilla. I'm looking at it. I am a gorilla. Just, just type in Chinese zodiac. I'm looking at it. Lydia's right got it. Yang Yin Yang Yin. Every twelve years, it repeats. Yeah. Uh, so you are. What'd you say you were, Tim? A tiger. Yeah. That's fixed element wood. It looks like Ian is a horse. <laughs> sure does. I Take a look at his face. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> I didn't say what that. What does that mean? A what, horse? what year? 1992? 95. 95. That's right. I'm young. 1995. Let's see. What do we get? 95. 95 is a pig. You're a pig. Uh, you're oh, pig. What about you, bro? I'm a capitalist, you know. 85? Of course, 85. Oh, I think that means you're He's a... a no, is it? This just seems so insulting, sense. frankly. Calling are these stereotypes? Oh, no, he's an ox. Oh, okay. you're, a, you're an ox. Okay. Nice. Well, I am. It's like none of these have sounded so, like Ian, you're a sheep. We represent Man. all the four Ian's elements. We've got sheep? water, fire, earth. I'm sorry, you're an ox, you're earth, and Tim, you are wood. Ian's a sheep. Oh, I am. Yeah. <laughs> we need to. Uh, so I'm not a horse. What? Yeah, I don't know. Hey, sheep's not in here. You? What are you? I don't know. I didn't look at it. Are you making fun of my political stance? 91 is. Also a sheep. I don't oh, see wow. sheep. Oh, there are two sheep in this room. Unbelievable. You sheep. guys just aren't independent thinkers. I'm not like clocking. Us. It's true. Sheep aren't on my if list. If you were born at a different time, I'm sorry. You'd be yeah. better at thinking. You're all a bunch yeah. of sheep. Know, all right. Firefox says, the worst thing about the left is that they look at an object and try to imagine an offensive stereotype associated with it. That being said, we should stop talking about Harambe because it's racist, and I said so. That, huh. That's sad to me, Harambe. Brian Nord says, did you see the footage released of the F-35 dropping a nuclear bomb in a test? It reminded me of what you were talking about with escalating tension. 
Do you guys know that the Pentagon stopped buying weapons for use in the Middle East and started buying weapons for use in Pacific warfare? Yeah, we were discussing Military.com reported this. Oh, boy. And I'm like, bro, people, you got to like, you look at the grains of sand in the news stories. It's like China, uh, the Pentagon is avoiding, is, is, is uh, pulling back on war with ISIS and escalating war with China. And then, like, China says, we're going to go, we're going to start preparing for nuclear war with America. Yeah. Then Taiwan says, China's preparing for war. And, like, they're crossing the Taiwan Strait, the center line. Which is crazy. It, wasn't that the reaction, too, to our discussion of investigating the origins of right. the virus? And Which jo- is and, what and, you and, do and, when and you're you, innocent. Did you hear what Joe Biden you said? Know. Probably the scariest thing. Mm-mm. Come on, man. I was like, whoa. Oh, is no. That, whoa. Come on, man. Whoa. Come on, man. First got all. hairy legs. She's in pain. It's like, if I could beat Corn Pop, I can beat you. Oh, Dude, yeah. that's, that's where I got hairy yeah. legs. China's, isn't that kind of a telling response? We're like, we're going to investigate this. Actually, if you do, I'll kill you. Well, maybe yeah. you're guilty. Mr. Toad says, can we get a G Prime 85 and Freedom Tunes production of a fungus butt cartoon? Oh, my Ooh. gosh. We were talking fungus about butt? this. Yeah. We were talking about this virus that, or uh, this fungus. Yeah. Which is ruining cicadas by causing fungus to grow out their bungus. And <laughs> basically, yes. we got into the implications of a virus like that crossing over to human beings and how horrifying it would be. Maybe like like The Last of Us? Uh, 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 yeah, The Last of Us, but I like see. instead of their head, That's it's their, their bum Yeah, it produces, this fungus makes them produce like an amphetamine and then they go hypersexual crazy, their butt falls gay. off. They, they pretend have to be female. Any, That's yeah. right. Yeah. They yeah. pretend to be female it's, so it's the a, males will bang them. And then Weird. spread the fungus. And they spread the fungus. Seems like a job just for me. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Frankly, I heard this and I'm like, yeah, I'm the man for that. A full show. book. That's right. A whole book. <laughs> fungus spot. Fungus right. on their bungus. <laughs> fungus on their bungus. <laughs> fungus on the bungus. Yeah. Well, That's I'll good. do it. That's good. 1976 says, if you get 100,000 likes next Friday, will you guys dress up as the 60s Batman cast and have a chef prepare you various bugs and critique the food on Cast Castle? If we get 100,000 likes on a single episode, we will dress up like the cast of the 1960s Batman as we do the show, and we won't mention it once. <laughs> just yes. don't even say anything. I'm into it. Just Hold on. I didn't, I'm just saying I didn't agree to this. So maybe if I'm on the show, everyone else will be dressed like Batman characters. We'll, we'll, have, to get, we'll have to get Michael Malice on the show. Yes. Malice would do it. Yeah. What, 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 who would he dress up as? The I don't Joker? even know him, Joker, but I just assume. Sure. He's, he's a Riddler. Yeah. He's a Riddler. Riddler. Yeah, he's a Riddler. He'll always be Robin to me. <laughs> Here's a serious one. Bretton Maybe says the Tiananmen Square massacre was 32 years ago today. Wow. Please remind your audience to never forget. Mm. Absolutely. It's a big deal. You know how they got I, that footage out? Did you hear about no. that? No. Oh, we forgot to talk about this. Sorry. Oh, no. What and what? Darn it. How did, they did you see the GoFundMe? Matt Walsh set up to help oh, yeah. AOC's abuela this yes. morning. Good it's up to $93,000 oh. as I write this. I wonder what nasty, poorly thought out thing she will say about those who donated. I wanted to launch the Get AOC's Abuela a Tesla GoFundMe so she can ride in style to her yes. new crib. So what happened? She lost her house. It's just dilapidated. I see. So now we're going to crowdfund her out of it. But let's let's support this. I think this is a yeah, good no, way to it cross is, the it line. It is a good turn for our political uh, turmoil. To it's the most country. epic own ever. We totally helped your grandma. Yeah. <laughs> like high five each other. Yeah. Love. But no, that love. is the thing. That, all right. I, I love that... Um, I love that for as difficult as things are getting and as, as horrible as, 
as as tensions are, like we're still gonna leave the grandmas out of it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. I'm not gonna say we're, we're clearly involving her, but like they're being cool to grandma. Dude, yes. imagining that's a good like, sign. At the Daily Wire HQ, like Ben Shapiro and and you know like uh, and okay. Matt, Matt Walsh, they high five each other and they're laughing. Like we, we fixed totally owned. We fixed totally own AOC. Oh my goodness, guys. Okay, AOC is never gonna recover from this, folks. Her house, her grandmother's house is repaired. Get owned. All right, Libs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's okay. weird. Like, what's good? AOC is going to be like, thank you very much. Like, I, I, I'm curious. This is, this is It's a really, really smart move because AOC, I think, will want to react tribalistically because people are just in tribes. But the appropriate response is like, thank you. I, know, I saw people <laughs> responding to uh, Matt's tweet about it. They're like, you're sick. You know, like, <laughs> what? How? <laughs> He raised a hundred grand for his grandma. He he is he is legally obligated to give it to her. Yeah. It's not a scam. Yeah. He's he's actually doing it. I guess it's like you know I, I read that tipping in Asia is 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 an is an insult. Like really? if, you to, if you go to a restaurant, because oh, it's like you you think I'm a charity case. You're telling the yeah. owner that they can't they can't afford to pay their staff and their staff need help. Well, the staff already works so hard that they feel like I've already given it my all. There's nothing more that you can give me to reward me. It's changing nowadays, but like I guess that's the idea. Like Ben Shapiro tweeted he put in $500, the standard monthly payment for the Tesla to help AOC's abuela. And it's like clearly being disrespectful, but giving her grandma a hundred thousand, it's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, it's like, but okay, the part of why you, it's a good part of why I guess it's an own is because we're showing that these problems can be solved through voluntary charity. Yes. It's not just about the government, and it's hilarious because people on the left will totally miss that point when it comes to GoFundMe and other crowdsourcing platforms. Every single time someone does something charitable, they're like. <laughs> That's just socialism. They're like, can you believe these conservatives trying to raise money for their cause? It's like, dude, A, we're not talking about seizing the means of production here. But B, even if you want to argue that the government doing anything is socialism, just helping people isn't socialism. You can do that privately. Yep. That's been our entire argument. It's a clever own. Um, yeah, yeah. Scott Bromley says, Jesus did not speak out against the empire. He talked about personal responsibility and devotion to God. He never spoke about things of this world like governments. Even when he went before Pilate, he didn't say anything about Rome. Uh, he did speak of governments, but yeah. it's it's true. I mean, he, he did speak of governments because he talks about rendering unto Caesar, but it's true. I mean, a, a lot of people will try to uh, take Jesus and just fit him into their particular political ideology. He, or they'll say things like Jesus is a socialist, and which is completely ridiculous. I mean, if you're so brainwashed that you think this ideology that came around in the 1800s was being embodied by Christ uh, 2,000 years ago, you're— um, I mean, you're, you're at a point where you almost can't be reasoned with because basically what happened was Marxism plagiarized certain good elements of Christianity uh, and then bastardized them and then did away with a lot of the parts of Christianity that are actually worthwhile and became openly hostile towards them. But then because they stole some values from Christianity, they start saying, see, Christianity uh. is Marxist or Jesus was Marxist. It's like, no, you're getting it backwards. You took some of our principles and now you're sort of projecting that onto us and, and arguing that we took them from you. Uh, but we were here first. Yeah, Ian, when you mentioned that about Jesus being against the empire, they actually expected Jesus to come with a sword and yes. to actually take back the kingdom for the people who follow God. And that he told them, this is not the case. This is not what I'm doing. My kingdom is not of this world. And also he's referring to a kingdom as well here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not a problem with uh, an innate problem with a political structure. All right. General XTA says, I'm an electrician and the economy is wrecking everything. The price of material is exponentially going up because of the combination of inflation and shortage of raw material. Even bidding is lasting less than a month. Crazy, man. 
Drew Richmond says, Tim, to explain some of the recent shortages, you should watch the Wendover Productions video about 2021 shortages. It would answer a lot of your questions about what's causing a lot of the supply shortages right now. My question is, you know, where do we go from here? And so I mentioned this yesterday. I'll say it again today because, you know, George didn't hear it. The work that we got done on the studio to expand, I would not be able to do this time because it's four to five times more expensive. Yeah. So that means the money that we made last year has lost 80 or some odd percent of its value in terms of expanding this business. Isn't that insane? And the investments we made last year are worth five times what we put insane. into it. That's crazy. Yeah, I bought I bought a, a, a stack idea. of Bitcoin like six years ago and, and forgot about it. And now I'm just looking at it like, jeez, man. I'm excited about shipping container housing as a future. I got contacted by someone that runs a shipping container company. Live in the pod, Ian. Live in the pod, Live in the babies. pod, eat the bugs, baby. We, we, did eat, we did the bug. We had, we had cricket bread last week. Uh, live in the week. dream, live that in the pod. molded fast. Yeah. Like a day. Maybe because it it's meat. Oh, there was an egg in it, too. I think we did an egg in it, too. Oh. So the animal animal molded so quick. Maybe. Right. Animal product tends to mold faster than um, plant product. Crickets, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what we got to be in the old, uh, uh, old uh, super chits. Sam T says, all colors in the visual light spectrum combine to make white light. Maybe that was Skittles' point. Science illiterate people don't get it. That's what I'm right. saying. Nerdy joke. I like when you do super chats in different one. places. X-Runner says, the second RPG video game for South Park, you can play as black, less loot, less XP, and trade in at shops. Saying the title can get you banned. Uh, it's actually funny. The, the difficulty, you can sl- it's a difficulty bar. Like You can make it more difficult. And if you choose hard mode, your character turns black. It's yeah, a really yeah. funny joke. That is very funny. Gareth Green says, koalas are not bears. They are marsupials. Oh. Also, apparently elderly Japanese people commit crimes to get in jail so they'll, so they'll be taken care of. Oh, oh, my goodness. Wow. Crazy, man. That's really sad. That That's is crazy. indicative of a problem. I would say so. And the way the system is built. Bern, uh, Bryn Terranova says, first time, long time. Re-comics. Yeah. George, how do you feel about the storytelling in web comics and specifically publishers like Hiveworks? Hive works I haven't heard of, but um, let's see. Web comics have been a thing for a very long time. I would say since I was in high school, at least. Uh, you got the grandfathers like PVP, Penny Arcade, those guys, and um, they were able to monetize for a very long time. Um, I guess since a lot of the audiences have shifted over to social media, so I publish my stuff mostly on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. I don't really have a website that I fully like I don't maintain it. I'm not very responsible with it, but I've been doing all right. Web comics, you see it really depends on the reader preference. Do I want to read a book on a screen or on a piece of paper, a book? Do I want something I can collect and give to my friends? There's something shareable about that. Um it's kind of a kitchen sink problem. Like for instance, Shonen Jump, I think you can subscribe for like 2 bucks a month or something like that. And you can read their entire history from, like, decades back. You can read it for free. And that was a response to people reading Scanlations for the longest time. I used oh, to do yeah. that, too. Yeah, me too. I used to download anime, like, on my 56K modem back in the day. Like Every every Wednesday when the Scanlation for Naruto would come out. Yeah. From the beginning to the end for, like, how long was that? Like, 15 years or something? The longest time, yeah. I did that to with Naruto Death Naruto Yeah. Yeah, dude. But, I mean, the response to that, I remember I, I went to – I was lucky enough to go to Japan and I talked to a couple of editors. Uh, the editor that was working on Naruto, actually. He told me that their biggest problem at the time, this was 2014, was dealing with pirating uh, here in the States. They know they knew that the passion for manga was huge here in the States, but people didn't have the money. Like the audience, say teenagers, 20-somethings, 
they want to read the books, but they don't have a ton of money to like. If you want to read One Piece now, there's 97 volumes or something. That's nuts. Even dude. at 10 bucks each back in the day, or 12 bucks now, you can't afford that. Yeah, and you don't have the shelf space for it anyway. So, web comics solve that problem in that you can read the entire catalog. I don't. I wouldn't know how to monetize that personally. Like, there's a couple of solutions that I would propose for creators. Like, say I have a Patreon, I could put my entire catalog on Patreon right now. You can read my whole catalog. That's one way to solve it. Or I offer my comic strips for free on Twitter, and I have like a tip jar system. It's not perfect, but I think there's a sort of relationship that can be developed, uh, cultivated between creators and audience. Having a middleman like a publisher can help, but then you have to ask what what value does the publisher bring? What value does the uh, retailer bring? Uh, if you don't have money, money. Right. Like right now, uh, the biggest problem in the past couple of years is that uh, there was a distributor called Diamond Distribution in the States that uh, – uh, long story short, if I had a book that I wanted to sell at comic book shops, I would have to sell or uh, solicit a couple thousand of them, say 3,000, and they wouldn't even touch my property if I couldn't sell 3,000. Uh, I would have to ship – print my books, send them to Diamond, and they would distribute them to retailers who would order my book based solely on – the title that they would find in a catalog. That makes no sense. It was sense. a terrible system, especially yeah. for indie creators. Right. So indie creators in the States have a really hard time right now finding um, finding an audience and finding, like, to even talk to a publisher, they won't talk to you But most of the time. Unless – there's a lot of uh, – maybe I'm biased, but I think there's a lot of nepotism going on in the uh, – I won't name names. But, like, there are, cer- there are certain publishers, unless you're friendly with them already, like, you can go and talk to them at a convention uh, talk to an editor or I know a guy who knows a guy who will get me a book deal so I can write um, and we'll yeah. find an artist who lives in like Thailand or something who will work for like pennies um, but their their quality ironically their quality is just as good if not better than a lot of American creators and they cost nothing almost well we got the super chat from Rockslide he says I'm an anti-woke artist and plan to make lots of cool comics yeah. elevator pitch a futuristic world where mythology is real and that's just one I want to build culture, like you've said. I would absolutely fund a manga or a graphic novel. Or, or like an entire manga, company, we're not Japanese. Like a production company. And what art. should happen, and I think it can happen. There just has to be like a sort of uh, pirate attitude. Not pirate, but like, all right, say I have a certain number of people on Twitter that follow me and like read my stuff or something like that. I know how to print books. Uh, I know how to write books. I know how to draw. I can do the entire production myself. So if I were to get a couple of people that, I, that know how to also do this, a couple of editors, a couple of uh, people who can oversee certain steps on the production line, we can print a couple thousand copies of an anthology, let's say. Get a couple of creators who will do a 20-page short story. You guys submit your book, submit your story. Uh, if your story does well, maybe we'll do another volume after this. So you can crowdfund something like this. Like I could just say anthology, we'll call it whatever, uh, what was the butt cicada? Thing? Bungus. Oh, the bungus. Bungus yeah. out of the cicada. Bungus from the bungus. So you, bungus. you call this anthology Bungus Fungus or something, <laughs> volume one. And you just get like a couple dozen creators who submit a 10, 20 page story in color, black and white, whatever. It's just a single volume thing. All right, let's do it. You can crowdfund that pretty quick. Crowdfund it. Let's just do it. I'll fund it. Well, all right. We could talk about this afterwards. But like, for instance, so, so everybody, you heard it. If you got, if you if you've drawn up a graphic novel and you got a series, and we're going to do an anthology, even so. just a short story. I think that's the right way to go. Just introduce yourself as a creator, and we'll have like a submission system. You can do something like that. Boom. 
I mean, really, it's not that hard, and it's kind of a talent search kind of thing so that you can gain an audience. Everybody shares. All right, say I have 70,000 people, whatever, on Twitter, and a couple, uh, uh, 40,000, whatever, on Instagram. I can share that audience, uh, and then some other creator comes along and brings their audience, and they are introduced to mine. Mine is introduced to theirs. We share the audience. We can get comics going again. It's sort of like a jumpstart kind of thing, but let's do it. All right, so that's the biggest obstacle, I think, for American creators who want uh, an in, and some veteran creators can contribute to something like this. Just start doing it. Everybody submit your your graphic novels, your comics, your short stories to uh, pages at timcast.com, and we'll start uh, publishing. And we'll we'll figure it out. We'll make we'll make a portion of the website. We'll do we'll we'll, we'll find a, few, a handful of series that I, we think are good, and then we'll 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 aim for like a chapter a week, right? Chapter a week would be very high. All right. So in Japan, they do a chapter a week, like eighteen pages, but they yeah, have a ton of assistance helping them. Uh, that was the big problem with Bleach, though. The guy was overwhelmed. He got so burnt out. Same yeah. thing with Berserk. And uh, uh, I love a series called uh, Vagabond, where the same thing happened, where they have assistance, but they get burnt out. Uh, in It'll America, it. it's sort so, of, so a chapter a day. <laughs> America, <laughs> it's like twenty something pages per month, something like that. I think is reasonable for a single creator. Um, Man, that's 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 rough. Though. It's pretty slow. Yeah, manga comes out faster. It's in black and white. That's the problem. Yeah, we'll do it in black and white. All right. Well, we could talk about this off air again. But well, I'm I, doing it anyway. So pictures <laughs> at timcast.com. That's right. happening. Uh, all right. We'll have. I'm, I'm totally down to have well, a section for our comics. Uh, anyway, it's uh, we're getting late. So everybody, go to go follow us at timcast IRL on. Uh, Facebook and Instagram help share our videos. You can follow me at TimCast Friday night. We got the vlog coming out tomorrow where we eat the bugs, and you'll you'll probably enjoy it. It's fun <laughs> and other weird shenanigans, and uh, it's it's going to be a, a good time. So thanks for hanging out, man. It's been a blast. Uh, subscribe to this channel, hit the like button, share it with your friends, become a member, leave us a good review. Uh, George, you want to shout anything out? Uh, yeah, just if you guys want to follow me, I'm G Prime eighty five on Twitter and uh, Instagram, and uh, if you want to buy my stuff, I have my links uh, to my shop. Uh, in my bio on both and um, on Patreon too if you just want to throw me a tip and uh, I try to offer my stuff for free as much as I can and buy my books buy other indie creators books and let's see what happens with this uh, anthology thing I right think on. it's a great idea uh, follow me at Sour Patch Lids on Twitter you <laughs> that's, can, right. Uh, <laughs> that's right I, I'm at uh, youtube.com slash freedom tunes that's where I post my cartoons we do uh we do two a week. We only were able to do one because we were trying to get caught up. But we do two cartoons a week. You guys should really enjoy them. And uh, also, if you want to support the show, I guess, patreon.com slash freedomtunes. Or if you want to buy one of our shirts, freedomtunesmerch.com. There we go. Uh, and I do want to remind you, Bungus Fungus. Bungus Fungus is if real. If you want to help your enemy's Bungus grandmother, go ahead. Shout out to Maybe we got more in common you, than we thought. If oh, you were an right. artist, draft the story of the Bungus Fungus. The fungus from the bungus, <laughs> and it's about a fungus that makes people's butts fall off of the and replaces their butt with a fungus and turns them into bungus zombies. Like, mm. I could see an entire industry creating new underwear just for those people. So yeah. it's kind of like a parody. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a parody of uh, The Last of Us. It really is Dr- the story of The Last of Us, too, but, yeah. but it's bungus fungus. No, but it's like but, but a guy – it's, it's, it's a guy. He's reading BuzzFeed, and BuzzFeed oh, says, no. eat a cicada, and he's a soy boy, and he does – and then he gets the, the Bungus Fungus, and then he becomes the first patient zero of the f- Bungus Fungus zombie apocalypse. Tim, when the Bungus Write Fungus... Write it up, submit it, we will publish. That's a When the Bungus Fungus zombie me. apocalypse actually happens, you're going to be very embarrassed. I know you're that right now there's like 10 people of me like running and <laughs> yeah. like drawing the first chapter. Take so. notes. Draw it with uh, your butt if you can. No. Yes, definitely. No, 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 I'm serious. <laughs> Let's get the, the Fungus from the Bungus zombie apocalypse comic. Yeah. 
And I'm in the corner pushing buttons. I am Sarah Patch Lids on Twitter. You guys can follow me there. I am trying to get more followers than Sarah Patch Kids, who I was happy to note did not change to a rainbow symbol on Twitter this month. I like that. That is pretty good. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. We will see you tomorrow at youtube.com slash cast castle. And you can watch us hang out, eat the bugs, and uh, we'll see you then. Bye, guys. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.